0: FastGrowingTrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. In a historic moment, ladies and gentlemen, the Republicans by one vote have successfully impeached DHS Secretary Mayorkas for his failure to uphold the law on the border, as well as many other issues. And this is tremendous and great news. Why? Because now nothing happens. That's it. Uh, Nothing happens. It will be passed off to the Senate and McConnell will throw it in the garbage and uh, we can all pretend like something got done. But I I will say at least there is something symbolic, I suppose. I'll take it, I guess. The reality is nothing will happen after this. uh, However, look, with a slim majority in the House, There's not a whole lot more you could ask for other than public statements, symbolic victories. And I do think the fact that Republicans are pushing back against the fails on the border is tremendously good for Republicans in an election year, considering even Democrats have begun to say invasion. Now, in terms of real news today, the governor of Georgia announced that they will be deploying National Guard troops to Texas to assist with the border crisis. Now, that sounds a a, a bit more substantial, so we'll talk about that, plus a bunch of other stories. But my friends, before we do, head over to eyesofadvice.com, and you'll be redirected to iTunes if you're using your uh, Apple device, or if you have iTunes installed on your your computer. You can then pre-order the new song we are putting out called Eyes of Advice, which will be released on the 23rd. This song has a message of sorts, I I suppose, and the music video took a lot of work. It's the the most amount of work we've put in a music video, and it is very, very... I just describe it as an art song. I don't expect this to be like a pop wonder, but I think it's... uh, Really, really amazingly done in terms of CGI. Shout out to Kent. Again, eyesofadvice.com if you want to pre-order the single on iTunes. And by doing so, you'll be supporting the work we do. And we can build more uh, uh, cultural efforts and expand our cultural endeavors. But also head over to timcast.com. Click join us. Become a member to support our work directly. And you'll get access to the members-only Uncensored show tonight. And uh, every Monday through Thursday at 10 p.m. Additionally, you will also get access to Timcast IRL Super Tuesday tickets in Martinsburg, West Virginia. It's basically the D.C. metro for those that uh, know where, but it's also about two hours from Pittsburgh. So it's a it's a wide uh, a wide range of where you could be and easily have access to this powered by Good Ranchers. Shout out for sponsoring the show. We are very grateful. And uh, we're just now announcing it right now. So we'll still have many more shout outs for the uh, for the event. But you have to be a member to get tickets because this is a private event. And that's very important. It's at our private club and only members are allowed to show up if you bought tickets. There's also going to be more announcements for elite members. So stay tuned. But you'll also get access to our Discord server where you can hang out with like minded individuals. And if you're in the Discord, you can submit questions. Call in and talk to us and our guest on the members only after show. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all of this and more is Michael Tracy.
1: Hello. How's you wanna, it going?
0: Who are you? What do you do?
1: Good question. I never really thought about it. You're a journalist. <laughs> yeah, I'm a journalist. I was here in November of 2020. I looked it up just to confirm the date. That's crazy. This is my second time. Just yeah, it's been a while. Before, it was just after the 2020 election.
0: But we, I, I guess you kind of fit in this space that's uh, similar to like, I guess, Matt Taibbi and, and you know, to, to try and, and maybe Barry Weiss. Not that you guys agree on everything, but you're yep. considered maybe like, I don't know, uh, anti-establishment? Or how would you
1: describe your, your reporting? Like ac- maybe actual journalism? <laughs> well, I don't want to be too pompous or self-aggrandizing. Anti-establishment, I mean, depends how you define establishment, I guess. I don't associate... Actively with any establishment, but yeah, I mean, there was a time where there was like a formation of people in the media landscape who were seen as maybe a bit more heterodox, so were being ostracized more and more from liberal milieus, liberal media milieus, where that I had once comfortably inhabited, that I was maybe considered amongst. That group. I think uh,
0: one of the the uh, one of the best pieces of uh, best. Uh, some of the best work you've done one way to put it was when you traveled around the country and went to all the smaller towns that had been affected by the summer of love riots yeah the George Floyd riots and there was this narrative that it wasn't bad and it was peaceful protests and then you actually wrote this really long piece showing photos from even small towns that were massively impacted by by vandalism and destruction and so I thought that was good and of course it really angered more establishment actors and you know maybe like democrat personalities who don't want that narrative coming out but i suppose the easiest way to describe it is you actually just did journalism you know, uh, irrespective of any kind of power structure. So
1: Yeah, that was a big one. That was so simple, too. All I did was just take a nationwide car trip to small, medium, and large-sized cities where there was some rioting or protest activity underway that had been very conspicuously undercover. Like, just to give you one example of plenty that I could give, I just happened to be passing by Fort Wayne, Indiana. Probably not a place that most people would make a point to stop at just because it's not that... Noteworthy or remarkable, nothing against it, but it's not like a major landmark, right? And I went, and it turned out that there had been the biggest riots in the living memory of people who lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana, that I just you know came across. Same with like Green Bay and places where yeah. you hadn't, you wouldn't even hear that there had been riots. But sometimes there had been the most wide-scale riots in the city's history in a lot of different yeah. places. So yeah, I went to that, and like a lot of people thought that I was trying to actively undermine.
2: You're black a Trump, supporter, I or a you Trump supporter,
1: or something? Yeah, no, which was never my intent. Um, ironically, there the, one of the women I found in Minneapolis who had her uh, beauty shop burnt down. This was in North Minneapolis, that is heavily black. Um, it was a older black woman encountered encountered her. Uh, she was t- talking about how she had been getting all ready to start up her uh, beauty parlor after covid had shut it down for a couple months Cause remember this was like may june of 2020 so it was just when some states were beginning to allow businesses to resume yeah. activity and like the weekend that she was going to reopen it got burned out wow and uh, the the conservative media was also so derelict on that story because it fell to me to write a column about this woman it actually was in the wall street journal and then Mike Pence referenced her in the vice presidential debate with Kamala Harris, and they flew her out, they flew this woman out to be like attendees at the debate. Wow. Um, So even though I wasn't trying to like proffer material for the Republicans necessarily, there were so few people doing that basic journalistic work that. I was ended up as, as a
0: source in that And that's way. another big story today, too. Uh, uh, I think it's Paramount just announced mass layoffs, which includes a few uh, prominent journalists like uh, Catherine Herridge. Mm-hmm. So she's been a big thorn in the side of the, the current administration and establishment. But we'll get into all that. Thanks for hanging out. We got Libby hanging out.
3: I'm hanging out. How's it going, guys? Nice to see everybody. You too. And you are. I'm Libby Emmons. I'm with the Post Millennial. <laughs> I'm glad to be here.
4: And I'm back. I'm back from Cincinnati. I did a wild uh, debate with Destiny over the weekend. That was awesome. Really? It's on his channel. Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, I worked with Progressive Victory. The they they were canvassing Cincinnati. Got like knocked on forty thousand doors, getting people registered to vote. And then uh, Stephen Destiny. He and I sat in a church with a big crowd of people and talked about voter integrity. It was like an hour and a half, kind of like surface level because we didn't we didn't have time to get too deep into anything. And um, at points, I was like, I feel like I'm the guy. I'm like, but dude. I got an idea blockchain like I, I started to become that guy and I was like I got to lay off this blockchain rhetoric because they kept asking me questions like well go deeper on the damn like, I don't I can't go deeper most people don't know what it is but I want to back up our this voting was in Cincinnati this is in Cincy yeah and, and the concept was if we how can we improve voter integrity I was like well if you have a backup all these blockchains as backup anyway we can go to that go watch the we'll debate we it later yeah
0: we got search pressing the buttons yeah it was good Thanks, Big Dawn. fan. Yeah, good work. Uh, yeah, I'm surge.com. Uh, thanks for
1: coming, man.
3: Uh, let's get let's into it. Let's roll. Yep.
1: I did a th- he, like a three-hour online, three-hour stream with Destiny once, and then it was about like mostly Ukraine. And I didn't realize until the three hours were up that he had been playing video games the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Like, that's I that's didn't know that right. was a
4: thing. He had an organ on stage They never turned
1: around
0: and played on.
4: I didn't know I just felt uh,
1: like an like a incredible multitasking muscle to just be constantly playing video games no, no matter what else you're doing.
0: Yeah. 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 Let's jump into this first story. We have this from CNN. House impeaches Alejandro Mayorkas first cabinet secretary to be impeached in almost one hundred and fifty years. Wow. They say the results came one week after the stunning loss House Republicans suffered when they tried to impeach Mayorkas and GOP defections. And an absence sank the initial House floor vote last week. The absence of House Majority Leader Steve Scalise and the surprise attendance by Texas Democrat Al Green, who had just had surgery and was wheeled into the chamber to vote. Denied Republicans a majority. However, we now uh, have the victory here. Only one cabinet official has previously been impeached in American history. Secretary of War William uh, Belknap in 1876. Did not know that. The embarrassing initial defeat of the Americas impeachment effort was quickly followed up by another floor failure over a standalone Israel aid package. Only crystallized the GOP's year-long struggle. Blah, blah, blah. We get it. We get it. The good news is, After this, following the banging of the gavel celebrations from Republican House members, they will handily hand over their resolution to Mitch McConnell, for which he will promptly put it into the shredder, walk away and go back to selling out the United States to foreign adversaries this, this and is what dictators and war machines, that's et cetera, et cetera. You
4: guys yeah. said nothing's going to happen from it. And Michael, you specified because they needed two thirds in the Senate for this to go through. And well, you just think that's but,
0: but, DOA? To convict. But hold on, hold on. Senate. Not only do they need two thirds, they actually need the, the, the speaker or they need anyone to actually bring it to a vote. So it's likely going to be thrown in the garbage. That's it. So first like the Chuck Senate. Schumer
1: would have to affirmatively schedule a vote or schedule hearings. And it's not even...
2: That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now.
1: Clear that there's a constitutional obligation for him to do so. It's uncharted territory. So there will be a lot of you know debate over what's actually required of Schumer at this juncture. Because um, it's a little bit different, as far as I understand it, from a presidential impeachment. Like There are less mandatory uh, steps that kick in once the impeachment takes place. Although there was even debate that when Trump was impeached the first time and Republicans controlled you the want Senate, to grab your Grab your mic. Oh, and the Republicans control the Senate that McConnell might not even be obliged to hold impeachment hearings in that eventuality. So it's like it's open ended as to what is required of anyone here. Nothing's going to happen.
3: No, I mean, it's really it's it's what's been going on in the House this whole time. They can pass anything they want, but it's never going to get taken up. It's never going to go anywhere.
0: I will. I will be fair. Okay, we can't expect that much. They have a very slim uh, majority in the House. They don't have the Senate nor the White House. So I don't know what more anyone could expect. That being said, in an election year, Republicans getting this declaration that we are actively trying to do something, whether it's effective or not, or whether it's just politicking, is still going to be good for Republicans because you've got Democrats in every major city freaking out about the illegal immigration crisis. And to the point where I think it was, was it Al Sharpton called it an invasion? Yeah. So, so when, when, when you've got, uh, man, it's getting bad in Chicago. The black community coming out, specifically criticizing the mayor over what's going on with illegal immigration, they they don't care about the Democrat Republican. They're just like, why is this happening? Why are our community centers and schools being handed over? Why aren't you doing anything about it?
3: That's happening in Boston, too. It's really pretty bad. And in Chicago, too. Did you see the uh, the mayor came out and he said 17 million dollars is going specifically to black and brown businesses? To uh, feed the illegal immigrants and shelters. He's like, but I'm giving you money. Yep. Yeah, it's still not I'm, enough. I'm not amazing.
1: Enough. But what does yeah. impeaching the Homeland Security Secretary do to substantially address any of that? Uh, it doesn't have to actually do anything. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, nothing. It's,
0: it's as simple as this the average person who is experiencing hardship does not follow the news, does not know who Majorcas is, does not know what his job is, but they will hear. Breaking news that Republicans have impeached him over the border crisis. And they're going to go, wow. Well, at least someone's doing something. And 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 if you go to the average person and ask them, what was America's job? I mean, many conservatives are going to be like, I don't know. And if you go to the average person who's complaining about illegal immigrants, they're going to be like, don't know, don't care. I mean, look, I can tell you, I can put it this way. With all due respect to the average person who may hear this passively and it may change their mind, I don't expect the majority of the United States Of the average working person to know the full details of what the DHS secretary is supposed to be doing, what he should have done. This is why they vote for people they trust. It's a, it's, it's representative constitutional republicanism. And so when they say, I don't know the intricacies of America's job. What I do know is that he's supposed to be the person working the border. He's not, it's really simple. You fired the guy. Okay. Well, guess what? Republicans can come out and say, we tried to fire him and the Democrats would not follow through because it takes the House and the Senate to move forward with the impeachment and Democrats in the Senate said we're not interested in firing
1: this guy. So if you're concerned about immigration, vote for us. We're trying. But Republicans also say that Mayorkas is simply implementing Biden's immigration policy so you could swap out oh, anybody to no, preside over the Department of Homeland Security and it wouldn't change the ultimate policy if it's coming from the top down. Fair point. They should impeach Joe Biden too. They should do. But, yeah, the only, should the, should. but,
0: but there's a political reason why they're not going to. Joe Biden, with his brain turned to jelly, how do you, how does he win? I mean, John Stewart came out with his new Daily Show, uh, his return to the Daily Show yesterday. It's being praised by everybody. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Democrats are furious over they don't it. Like it. Republicans are cheering. They're like, he spends the first half of it. He does rag on Trump, but boy, does he really roast Biden for having a, a broken brain. So they don't want to impeach Joe Biden because they think they're going to beat him at the ballot box. They do have, but they have an open impeachment quote inquiry against Biden on unrelated stuff. I know it's, it, it it really is simply, simply politics. If they do impeach him, Democrats might go, no way, don't. And then Schumer is gonna come out and be like, I think it's only fair that we actually hear what our senators have to say about this. And then he gets
1: impeached. That is and an anti-Semitic accent you just did. Please, I'm just doing it. just, that just that a New York accent, that a New York. And,
0: and then they're gonna bring in Newsom or somebody else. Like, I don't know, Kamala Harris will be like, I'm not here to, you know, I stand by Joe or whatever. And something happens. Republicans don't want to give them give them the opportunity to swap out their brain dead president.
1: I think there are potentially some reasons to be worried or to raise concerns about the House of Representatives, in particular, increasingly resorting to extreme methods of registering disapproval. So this is the first impeachment of a cabinet officer since, what was it, 1876? 1876. Democrats under Trump, as we remember, did two impeachments. Um, They tried many more. Well, I, they did, they have, I think they were. I think they were pretty satisfied with getting two in no, one no, no, presidential term they, of they, Trump. I mean, a, a presidential yes, impeachment of Trump.
0: There were there were several attempts at presidential impeachments that failed. Um, of
1: yes. Trump, yes. I think once Democrats took the House after the 2018 uh, midterms, they basically nope. immediately launched into a precursor impeachment investigation there, and a full-fledged investigation. There
0: were several several attempts under the Democrats, but Pelosi was like, no, 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 and they kept getting defeated. Yeah,
1: there was a push after the Mueller report. But they actually introduced that, articles of impeachment several times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Individual, well, I mean, individual in, members of Congress right. did it all the time. And
0: there were votes yeah. on it, and it kept failing until finally, right?
1: Ukraine! Ugh. But the point is, you have that, you have... Congress using more and more often censure resolutions, which used to be pretty rare. Remember uh, the Democrats in what was it? 2021 censured Paul Gosar for tweeting a meme clip of AOC and Biden like in an anime thing, which is ridiculous. They claimed that it was like literal violence. (laughs) And then what happened? Well, Republicans Reciprocated by passing censure resolutions against, uh, you know, Rashida Tlaib got it in November for basically being uh... against critical of Israel. Yeah, but but more and more, and then you had the expulsion of George Santos in December, which was without any due process, right? So the House is resorting to more and more extreme and frequent indications of these previously rarely used powers that's just going to become this endless tit for tat. And I think it's almost a sure thing now that Democrats will retaliate against this and impeach, you know, a Republican cabinet official. And the problem
0: is it is a pendulum swing with, with no way to stop it. Because if the Republicans say, we're going to take the high road and just keep acting normally, the Democrats will just keep beating the crap out of them. So the Republicans respond with, okay, well then we'll, we'll, we'll swing back. We'll, we'll give them a tit for tat because if you don't, I mean, this starts with Democrats. the The investigations, the lies, the smears of Trump and Russiagate. The Trump era was the beginning of the, psych, the psychotic behavior. You, I mean, granted, Russiagate started even before Trump got elected. They went nuts. I they, think
4: yeah. the pushback of the pendulum is the people themselves. Because if Congress starts to go crazy, if they really start to do that, it's our job to to make sure that that doesn't happen. As as a people, we are in control of our government. We are the government. They're representing us. And if they get haywire, then that's bad for. We gotta them. vote them out.
3: We do have to vote him out. Every I think think they forget that all the time. I I, think they forget that they're ours. I think we don't serve them; they serve us. Anyone
0: who voted to expel Santos has disqualified themselves, hundred percent. And it's not because I like Santos; it's because he was not convicted of any wrongdoing. And by all means, maybe he will be. But if that's the case, I would accept if they said, "Look, he has been indicted; therefore, we will suspend him pending an outcome." Okay, that's fine. If someone gets charged with a crime. And it's a serious offense. We will put them in jail pending the outcome. I'm not a big fan of locking people up who can't like, uh, you know, I I actually am a fan of uh, uh, bail reform. I just don't know that the way New York handles it is the appropriate way to do it. But I think it's a simple argument that if someone is indicted on a crime, depending on the severity of the crime, we can put them in a box and close the door and lock it until we actually resolve this through a trial. It's supposed to be a speedy trial. That being said, in this instance, I'm not saying Santa should be locked up. I think it would have been reasonable if they voted for temporary suspension of committee. Uh, and they do that and- in
1: the Senate, like like Mike, uh, Robert Menendez, who was indicted sure. a few months ago. He was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, which is the most right. one of the most powerful f- positions in the Senate, and he then had to step down once he was indicted because that's a that's a matter of senate rules. I don't know that the house has a comparable they, rule. They, but I, I'm sort of wary of even imposing any punishment on Santos when he's merely indicted. That's just a set of accusations by the government. That's still imposing a punishment on him
0: absent due process. I agree, I agree. I think they should have done nothing and said prove it or else. And by the way the same goes my, for
1: Menendez because he was indicted by the DOJ a couple of years ago. But my And my, it went to a hung jury. So my my point is it is
0: absolutely unreasonable to expel him. The compromise could perhaps be in suspending pending an outcome of the indictments. And I equate that to a guy is accused of murder. We lock him up until the resolution of the trial in which many people get found not guilty and are released. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse spent two months in jail. I I don't like the fact that it turns out innocent people ended up doing time while we're trying to figure things out. My point is, in my personal opinion, Santos should be still in Congress and he should say prove it uh, or else. But my point is, it is completely unreasonable
1: to remove him. Yeah, you get my point. Yeah, and his alleged offenses are comparatively trivial in relation to what other members of Congress could be theoretically punished for, because Santos was the first member of Congress who was expelled without first being convicted of a crime. And like most of those in the past when there was a conviction had to do with like literal treason against the country, meaning they were Confederates who yeah. were in a state of li- literal legal rebellion. I mean, in 2000, I think two, I think it was James Traficant was the congressman who was previously expelled before Santos and he was actually convicted of a crime. Um, so if you're going to, wh- wh- so, wh- for where some reason make this, that was con- Ohio. Oh,
0: it was Ohio. Okay.
1: If you're going to, I mean, that guy was a, that guy was a character too. He died in a truck, a tractor wow. accident. Um, but if you're going to sweep aside all precedent and expel Santos without him first being convicted of a crime and for the conduct to be that he like, lied about being on a college volleyball team, you're cheapening the tactic. So now well, it's just going to be used even more commonly for lesser and lesser right. grave offenses.
0: To, to simplify everything, check which district you're in, look at who voted to expel Santos and campaign against them.
1: That's just it. I I think well, it's the New York Republicans who basically generated that whole process. Sure, but that it you got be politically in Ohio. beneficial because they felt that he would be a political albatross for them when they're running again in 2024. Well, you know, because they were in, they're in marginal marginal districts. There are some Democrats. Each and every
0: one that voted uh, to to ask him, I think, is ineligible. But you're not going to convince Democrats, so the Republicans need to organize. But let's jump to this story. We have this tweet from Justin Barragona, A statement from Biden on the Mayorkas impeachment. History will not look kindly on House Republicans for their blatant act of unconstitutional partisanship that has targeted an honorable public servant in order to play petty political games. That one's amazing. He says, he continues, Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, a Cuban immigrant who came to the U.S. with his family as as political refugees, has spent more than two decades serving America with integrity in a decorated career in law enforcement and public service. From his time in in the DOJ as a U.S. attorney to his service as Deputy Secretary And now Secretary of Homeland Security, he has upheld the rule of law faithfully and has demonstrated a deep commitment to the values that make our nation great. This impeachment already failed once on a bipartisan vote. Instead of staging political stunts like this, Republicans with genuine concerns about border, about the border, should want Congress to deliver more border resources and stronger border security. Sadly, the same Republicans pushing this baseless impeachment are rejecting bipartisan plans Mayorkas and others in my administration have worked hard on to strengthen border security at this very moment, reversing from years of their own demands to pass stronger border bills. Giving up on real solutions right when they are needed most in order to play politics is not what the American people expect from their leaders. Congress needs to act to give me, Mayorkas, and my administration the tools and resources needed to address the situation at the border. The House also needs to pass Sense national security supplemental right away, we will continue pursuing real solutions to the challenges Americans face, and House Republicans have to decide whether to join us to solve the problem or keep playing politics with the border. Let me just uh, simplify uh, all of this politically for, for you guys to understand what's happening. They want to open the border to thousands of illegal immigrants every day at a time when even democrat strongholds have communities in uproar over the illegal immigration crisis they want to send 60 billion dollars to ukraine they want to send i think it's what 14.7 uh, to mil- a billion to israel as mm-hmm. well as uh, a portion of that to uh, taiwan 20 billion of the dollars in the original bill would not go to securing the border it would go to facilitating the invasion
3: Well, that's what it is. It's more judges. It's more border agents. And it's all designed to get people in faster.
0: The bill gives uh, Customs and Border Protection, in certain circumstances, the ability to issue work permits and Mm -hmm. and adjudicate uh, asylum claims without a court.
3: That's insane. And of course, that's the thing about the asylum seekers, right? Asylum seekers get work permits faster. They get access to basically federal and state aid faster.
0: And as Joe Rogan pointed out just about a week ago, there are certain jurisdictions that are trying to give illegal immigrants with work permits the right to vote in municipal elections.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The, Joe Biden,
3: that was struck down as, in New York last at, year, but they could. But do it's it currently in the courts; it's, yeah, it's under sure. appeal.
0: Joe Biden is doing exactly what everyone predicted. The moment this security bill would be introduced, Republicans would notice that it was it was the opposite of a security bill. And when they refused to play along, the Democrats would come out and say, aha, they oppose their own security
4: bill. When in reality, that bill was playing politics with the border, trying to call it a border bill, but giving 74, what, 70 percent of the money goes to Ukraine and Israel. It's not a border bill. It's an Israel-Ukraine war bill that they called a border bill. That's playing politics with the thing. He said, don't play politics with the border. They just did it.
0: It's a Ukraine-Israel
4: bill. Good. Thank you. Thank you for topping <laughs> that <laughs> off.
3: That's like the, uh, what was it called? The uh, Inflation Reduction Act. And I was just reading today right. in Variety, it turns out that the Inflation Reduction Act made it possible for Travis Kelsey to produce his first Hollywood film with federal credits from the Inflation Reduction Act. Well, good for him. Yay. It raised taxes on pretty much everybody. But, you know, Travis Kelsey gets to produce but the re- a film. The
1: reason this bill was even structured in the way it was in the first place, meaning, have you seen the price of gold lately?
0: At 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347.
1: The bill that was abandoned last week. The bill that was abandoned last week that included the immigration component was because in September or October of last year, Republicans in the House kept saying, and some in the Senate, kept saying that although we might support in principle Sending additional funds to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, we're prioritizing the border and immigration policy above all else, and so that is a required element of any bill that we would vote for. So, it was Biden was proposing that as an accommodation to Republican complaints. No, no. And no. then the then this, the Senate Republicans designated James Lankford, who is one of the more conservative members of the caucus, or was seen as one before last week who came up with a bill that if you compare it to previous attempts to pass comprehensive immigration reform and I'm kind of neutral on that anyway like I don't care one way or the other that much but like in 2013 and the 2007 when there were these bipartisan attempts to do immigration reform they included a lot more liberal or democratic priorities including quote unquote pathways to citizenship this included none of that it was strictly border enforcement so oh, Biden uh, uh, ironically no no, no, was willing no Biden, way. That's Biden, Biden that's was, no willing, Wrong. That's was willing to, definitely not accurate <laughs> Biden was willing to totally uh, you know, spit in the face of the more hardline progressive immigration activists within the coalition, and just go along with almost entirely Republican priorities. And Republicans did chose the new Did you the bill. read the bill?
0: Yeah, I did. How could you possibly call it anything other than progressive? Eighty five hundred non citizens allowed in per day. CBP getting, in certain circumstances, the right to adjudicate asylum claims outside of the courts. The granting of work permits. the the, the problem right now that. Democrat voters in New York, Chicago, Los Angeles and other major Democrat cities are complaining about is a massive influx of yeah. non sleeping in our airports in our schools. So when they when they say it's a security bill that facilitates thousands, million, a million plus per year. That's not what Republicans are complaining about. That is Democrat gift giving. That is that is the only outcome of that proposal was that it would be set that the bill is dead on arrival. And then Democrats get to come out and say the security bill was rejected by Republicans.
1: Well, what the lead Senate negotiator, James Langford, who I've actually spoken to in the past about Ukraine policy and other stuff, seems like a relatively normal conservative. I'm not saying I I doubt he would be doing the bidding of the Democrats just in some you know, mischievous or nefarious way seemed like he was pretty sincere in what he was trying to negotiate. Although I, I stand uh, open to be corrected on that. And he was saying that what it would have changed. And again, I don't really, care, frankly, care that much way or another about immigration policy. It's something I'm kind of agnostic on, for better or worse. But he was saying that the the status quo now is that as many as like six or seven or eight thousand per day, uh, uh, migrants approach the border, and this would be creating a new authority where if it reaches that number on any given day or over the span of a week, then they the redo- asylum claims aren't even being processed anymore at the border. So he was—he said that within the past six months, there would have been only three or four days where the inflow would have been low enough that they would even be processing asylum claims in the first place. They were saying that this was going to create authority that Trump had sought, that the let Congress hadn't even enacted, that would have given him the ability— to the, the, actually shut down the processing of asylum claims, which is otherwise mandated and by law.
0: redirect them to ports of entry for an additional three thousand five hundred, which is not what any any person who's been complaining about the border had asked for. And all it was doing was creating a legal path to facilitate the illegal activities they were doing. So when we take a look at the, the what Texas is doing with the National Guard and why Texas is doing it, it's because there is an invasion And those are the words of, I believe it was Al Sharpton, an invasion on our border. And you've got New York, as I mentioned, all these major Democrat cities saying we are being invaded. If this bill were to pass, it would turn the illegal actions for which Mayorkas has now been impeached into legal actions. Overwhelmingly. In fact, a large portion of the people coming through give false ages. We know this is a problem. Large portion. I don't know the exact number. I'm not saying it's 90 percent. It could be three percent or four. A large portion, meaning there are thousands of individuals who are between the ages of 20 and 30 who claim they're 17. The bill explicitly stated that if an unaccompanied minor came, it would not even count towards that allotment they would allow in. How about this? If Texas thinks the problem is so egregious, they have lined the the, border with shipping containers covered in, in concertina wire and have sent in the National Guard to bar CBP access whatever bill they tried proposing, which would actually strip authority from Texas should be DOA, and that means Lankford and anybody else absolutely sabotaged any effort at border security, and it was predicted by basically every pundit that said when they actually propose the border bill, and we talked about on the show, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be garbage, as it always is. I'll I'll put it this way. There's a great meme, and uh, uh, and it's from a progressive, and they're like, introducing the free ice cream for everyone act, and it's like, oh, wow, I'll, I'll vote for that. Approved. Now, where's my free ice cream? And they respond, what do you mean this band's owning dogs? This is what they do every single time with every single mm-hmm. bill. They call it the border security bill, when in fact it would allow 8,500 per day. Oh, I'm sorry. After 5,000 non-citizens breach breach the border and Texas and other border states are unable to stop it, they redirect 3,500 to a port of entry for the same thing and to alleviate the courts because there's too many, they would give CBP certain jurisdiction to issue work permits. Then you've got certain jurisdictions across the country, including Maryland. New York tried doing it. They got jammed up in the courts. Grant and California, Sacramento doing it uh, in San Francisco granting non-citizens the right to vote in municipal elections and making various excuses why they're allowing them to do this we have to say outright maybe we should just stop allowing thousands of non-citizens to pour in through our border every day and but but I'll, I'll give you this I'm glad all of it's happening because now I can say very plainly to Gen Z, if you're wondering why it is you can't afford an apartment, why it is that eggs are costing you 10 bucks, why you, you you have to live in a shoebox with no bathroom with two other people, just take a look at the non-citizens who have been given luxury hotel rooms in New York City and debit cards with $3,000 on it. Well, and maybe and if we stop have... spending that money, you might have a better future.
3: And now they have, a, they have a curfew in place, too. Adams had to put a curfew on the migrants in those hotels. So from 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., they're not allowed to leave. Or come in, so that's a thing. And also, one of the architects of the bill, Chris Murphy from Connecticut, he said that under this bill, the border never closes. And he said, "We that meant was that pride. in terms of
1: commerce, like economic." Yeah, but he also meant that in borders. terms
3: of migrants getting shipped from one port of entry to another, like they would close one and open some, something else.
1: I think he more meant that in terms of goods being transported over the border. But I don't know for, for sure. Maybe he meant it differently. I don't know. John Foon, who's the second ranking Republican in the Senate. Said that this is a list, this bill contained a long list of long sought Republican priorities in terms of border enforcement, and that they would never be able to get Democrats to budge on half of these in a Republican administration. He was saying that there was much more progress made under a Democratic administration because it's like a Nixon going to China thing, right? Only Biden or only a Democrat can actually give some concessions to immigration restrictionists in a way that will lead to sort of muted opposition opposition among Democrats, because if, if Trump was in power, then Democrats would be screaming fascism, and this is gonna lead straight to concentration camps and whatnot, but with Biden, their opposition is a bit more muted and tempered. And so the the political logic seemed to me to make sense that Thune was laying out, in that this is the best restrictionist could hope for in terms of a compromise in the congress now if people still don't like it i get it i don't particularly uh, what, support what, what it either.
2: Think,
0: uh, what's the number like 1.7 million non-citizens per year it's record-breaking how is that it's a that. it's record-breaking like now they're going to reduce 3 the inflow calling it uh, how about you reduce it, the inflow by just putting razor wire
1: on the border and using no. cbp saying get the out <laughs> well i mean they have i mean as langford explained i actually didn't quite realize this until maybe it was last week even the places on the border and i think mostly most of texas where there is wall or where there is fortified border barrier The barrier itself is like a a quarter to a half mile inside United States territory. So once a, quote, migrant even approaches the wall, they're on United States territory. And then according to existing law, their asylum claim has to be processed. So what Lankford and others who were promoting this bill were saying was that they're going to increase the threshold for a valid asylum claim so they'll be able to turn away more people at that exact point than they're able to now. So they're saying the status quo is six or 8,000 encounters a day and somebody coming in, X amount coming in to be processed. This will give us the authority to turn away more. But that's true, I I don't know. But that was the
0: argument. And so the issue is, this is exactly what we predicted would happen because it gives the excuse to Democrats to claim, we tried to secure the border. But there is not a single reasonable person from, I mean, conservatives know what's happening. They're paying attention and they're furious. But now you're getting Democrats in major cities lighting up, and not a single one of them is saying, I wish there was slightly less people storming our borders. No, they're saying, stop all
1: of it. All of it should stop. But it's never been stopped. Trump never stopped all of it. I mean, that's yeah, why they're giving additional authority. Half a million but, people but that's, a year that's not in what 2020. I'm talking about. No, but less than but, but, but half hold a on. That's, that's, that's an aside.
0: That's, 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 that's moving the goalpost. I'm saying people are asking the government to propose a bill that provides right. security to stop the influx not whether Trump did or didn't or, or whether he could have done a better job. The issue right now is a record-breaking influx causing damage to our cities that Joe Biden himself, what, 20 years ago called, uh, what, what did he say? It was turning the cities into ish holes or whatever.
1: Yeah. No, th- that- the point is they were they were seeking, they were, the, the Senate was attempting to give the president additional authorities to stem that influx, including authorities that Trump sought and was not able to receive because it would have given I, the greater ability
0: to stem the flow. So, the bi- so right now it is illegal what they're doing. The bill would have created a legal path for the invasion. Right now, when a single person crosses the border, it's a crime. And CBP opening the barriers and bringing them in is a criminal act because they know coyotes and cartel members are the ones facilitating this. They should outright say no. U.S. U.S. policy as it pertains to kidnappings in, in overseas is not to negotiate with terrorist organizations if someone gets kidnapped in the Middle East. And I don't know if this is true under Biden, but this is true under Trump, Obama, and and as, as, as you know basically in my professional career. You get kidnapped. The United States will not negotiate with terrorists. This meant that typically Americans would be ignored. German citizens and Spanish citizens were prized possessions for kidnappers in the Middle East because their governments pay up instantly and negotiate with any terror group who kidnaps their citizens. The United States would have a helicopter flying over your compound where a bunch of guys in, in all black with rifles would come out, kill everybody in the compound and rescue the Americans. The American policy understood That if you negotiate with criminal factions and terrorists, you incentivize their behavior. So the best course of action is to tell them all you touch an American citizen, you die. Now you have CBP in the Biden administration telling the cartels you bring in trafficked humans. We take care of it for you. That is that that I think that's a, a criminal action. I think. We, we can we can say, okay, fine, impeach Joe Biden, whatever, whatever you want to say. But the idea, I see a video of CBP lifting up razor wire to bring these people in as coyotes from and cartel members with rifles are shuttling them into the country. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we have a humanitarian crisis. We have uh, atrocities being committed. The amount of young girls being raped by these these gangs and cartels. And CBP makes it all possible with smiles on their faces to help make it happen. And well, now- and the
3: NGOs that get funded by the federal course, government as well. And,
0: then the, yeah, and, the, and, the, and the Biden administration- mm-hmm says, let's codify this and make it all legal. And I say, no, let's put a bunch of shipping containers on the border. Let's float things in the river and tell the cartels when you bring a person when if a human being is standing alongside a coyote and a human trafficker, we consider them to be a part of your gang. You want to pay them three thousand dollars to traffic you through Central and South South America and Central America through Mexico into our border. You are working with enemies of the United States. Instead, it's compromise, compromise, compromise,
3: And Biden has the ability to close the border. I mean, he could just do it. He had the ability to open it. Well, the same, same authority he used to issue all the executive orders to blast it right open. In his first days in office,
1: but he that's reversed, what I'm saying. Trump, he even Trump, did not have the authority to close the border. Then why was
3: it? Why was, they used, the, why why they was it a, less than they, they half a million people in 2020?
1: They used well because COVID reduced migration flows ac- across the world. I mean, there was a record year. Even in if you go back, the- 2019 was a record year when Trump was in office, and I think he probably would have closed the border if he had the authority available to him. I don't know if it was an all-time record, but it was way over the maybe preceding 10 years or so when uh, in 2019. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a million
3: million point one,
1: right? Which is a lot of people.
3: Well, it's not two point three. No, I'm not
1: saying it. Yeah, it's less than the current inflow, but it was still a lot. The point being, there was no authority to just quote close the border. That's what they they were trying to give to the president with this bill. That's not. I'm not even in favor of the bill. I actually think this gets to why. House Republicans really ought not to be commended for doing this theatrical impeachment of Mayorkas because we've agreed, I think, that it's purely symbolic. It will have no substantive impact on the policy grievances that you're laying out rightly or wrongly. Right, it's a political stuff. I mean, it's a political ploy. It's a political ploy. It does not address the underlying substance. And also, by the way, it's accelerating the passage of this national security supplemental bill with the immigration part severed off, that is Ukraine, Israel, in Taiwan, which was let's, already passed 70 to 29 in the Senate and has majority support in the House, so now, they can, now the House Republicans can say, "Oh yeah, maybe we let we use like a legislative maneuver to get this mammoth, uh, you know, 89 billion dollar or however many billions it is, national security bill passed, but we also uh, you know uh, mollified some of your concerns base by doing this meaningless impeachment of a cabinet official."
0: Let me let me pull this story. This is The Wall Street Journal, ladies and gentlemen, in the wee hours of the morning, pre-dawn. The Senate passed the ninety five billion dollar Ukraine Israel aid package, sending it to the House in, uh, you know, I, I, I the way I described it early in the morning is that while we were sleeping, the Senate took a blade and pressed it firmly against the back of the American people and then just applied pressure. But I think it's unfair because that would imply the Senate was on your side at any point. So I guess the easier way to to, to, to explain it is you were walking down a peaceful uh, street with flowers abound when a member of the Senate showed up and said, I'm going to take all your money and give it to Ukraine and then pulled the knife out. So it wasn't that you were being betrayed. It's that they were stealing from you in plain view. So here we go. 70 to 29 marked a victory for proponents of the muscular role in uh, for the U.S. in foreign affairs. For the moment, elbowing aside, isolationist forces in Congress. I love isolationist, they say. Me? Let me tell you guys, I'm not an isolationist. I think we should spend as much money as we can Every single penny that we can on every country on the planet, every single one, you name a country, bang, money, just make it rain. And what I said was all the money we can and all the money we can is all the money we have left over after our roads are fixed. Our schools are fixed or abolished. Our, our borders are secure. healthcare is solved. The, the, problem the working is, class have places to live with. Maybe once we solve all those problems, we can then say we're so wealthy. Let's donate. Maybe, but else.
4: with fiat, we can print infinite. That's the problem. There will never be. All we but, can can always be more in the stupid
1: system. Hold on. set up.
0: And I hear what you're saying. And, and that's that's 70. I would say 75 percent correct. But I would add when they mass print money or when they issue loans, creating money upon the issuance of debt, they are stripping the buying power of Americans. When you have an insecure border where people are flooding across and they're providing debit cards and they're using taxpayer dollars to facilitate these people into big cities, suppressing the labor market. You are creating economic conditions where there is extremely limited supply with tremendous demand, making housing unaffordable for the average person, especially the younger voters, which is no surprise why they're leaning towards Donald Trump when there's when they're when they when they say we're going to create, you know, however, however they end up doing this, right? People need to understand that they don't take your tax dollars to fund war. They create money upon the issuance of debt. So they they just they create a debt. Spend the money. And that means these corporations and say Ukraine, where the money is spent in the creation of weapons, paying personnel and PMCs that gets spent back in the United States. And this suppresses the buying power of the average American citizen drives prices up. You combine that with a porous southern border, and it is almost like they are intentionally destroying this country. I hope Gen Z wakes up fast enough to realize it, to do something about it come November.
1: One of those amazing parts of this bill is that in the Israel section, it actually goes out of its way to specifically exempt the appropriations to Israel from congressional oversight. It specifically allows the secretary of state when he approves some of these transmissions of armaments and stuff to simply bypass ordinary congressional notification requirements say what you will about Ukraine funding. I've been a huge skeptic and critic of it from the beginning, but they actually have been coerced into at least nominally implementing some oversight mechanisms like an Inspector General and other um, IGs that have been part of this like consortium to at least do some oversight. The funding, but with Israel, Congress just falls over itself to say, do what you want with this money. We're not even gonna check anything. It's actually pretty amazing the total vote count on this bill 70 to 29 actually undercounts the extent to which there is a consensus on this issue, meaning a consensus behind just a never ending disbursement of these war expenditures into conflict zones, Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, um, because you had a set uh, at least a, a, a couple of Republican senators who are some of the most ardent interventionists in the entire Senate, like Lindsey Graham, Marco Rubio, Rick Scott, Tim Scott, they voted actually no, not because they opposed the underlying substance of the bill. They're all staunch supporters of funding Ukraine, Israel and Taiwan. They probably even wanted more of it, frankly, if they had their way. It's because they're still making a political point or a procedural point about the lack of prioritization of the Southern border aspect, but in voting no, you'll notice it didn't actually hinder passage of the bill. So it's a perfect situation for them politically. They can technically register their supposed discontent with the passage of the bill absent some border provision, but their preferred policy still gets put into place anyway. Do you
4: think they take turns doing that? Like they're like this yeah. time I'm going to vote no, let's just make sure it gets passed. I'm going to say no on this one, though next time you get to say no, I'll make sure it gets passed. That way we I both look like do a good guy. Yeah, sure, do
1: they definitely they, yeah, do that. Yeah, they have that's what their conference is about. It's to coordinate and structure their voting patterns. Like so if somebody needs for political reasons to vote no, even if they support the underlying policy, they can ensure that there's like a trade-off where somebody's voting yes for it so it's like canceled out and it's going to pass anyway because th- those people I all mentioned, they all firmly we're in favor of this bill passing on a substantive level that they just felt they had to make an answer. point. Is that the bill and the votes for it? Yeah, this is the vote total, if you want to see it. Yeah, how can I pull that up? I want to pull up the source. Uh, I tweeted earlier, so you can look at my account.
5: Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over, and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more, or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you, too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now.
1: I'll send it to you. I will. Pull up your Twitter. Yeah, it's How long ago did you tweet it? It's from
0: 1.15 p.m. today. 1.15 p.m. today. Let's pull up this uh, Okay, here we go. This is it right here. Yeah. So these are the Yay. Oh no! Sorry,
1: sorry, sorry. Um, no, this that, is a different that's one. an older one. That's an older one. Go to one fifteen. That was me replying to somebody and d- proving them, de- proving them embarrassingly wrong because I pulled up one from twenty twenty two. Keep going. Keep going down. Keep going, going down. down. Keep going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going there. That this way. one. Yeah. Okay,
0: here we go. The uh, this Michael Tracy tweeting the huge Ukraine-Israel bill got seventy votes, which they can hardly ever get for anything and several voting nay are huge interventionists who only voted nay for political reasons. Yeah, so this is a really good point.
1: Knowing it wouldn't impede passage. That's the key point. So
0: uh, some people are pointing out too, because I think it was- um, Lindsey Graham didn't have an epiphany and now opposes funding Ukraine. It was uh, uh, Mullen. I think who had been reported. And I could be wrong, but I saw a report that he was uh, adv- he had been discussing a discharge resolution. I looked
1: into that. I'm not sure how well sourced that was. That seemed like a rumor. I mean, it's possible, but he actually voted right. no on the final. Vote. He
0: voted no, and a lot of people are saying that voting no was the right move. But he's being accused, and again, this may be unwarranted, of only voting no because he knew it passed, and yeah. so he'd score political points by claiming he opposed it when he really was. That in might favor be true because he
1: did vote aye or yay in on a uh, on a procedural vote like a day or two ago that led to this final vote early this morning so just insidious i mean it's why
4: we vote as citizens on in one day so we don't know what the vote tally is when we go in we are not supposed to know ahead of time if i can get 700 more votes my guy will get it over the edge you just go and you vote for what you believe that's yeah. the idea that's, yeah
0: that's, but, i don't think that's ever been the case though i think you know <laughs> practice versus
1: theory but so steve danes danes from montana was that a nowhere yeah it was a nay vote So he's the chair of the Senate Republican Campaign Committee, which is basically the campaign apparatus for the Senate Republicans. So he's very involved in the political maneuverings around individual states' Senate races. And he was objecting, he was uh, justifying his no vote on the basis of wanting to ensure that Republicans who are running in contested Senate seats this year can still say that you know, they're against the bill in principle because it didn't do the border components. So he was outlining the political rationale and it's the same for like a a Tim Scott. I mean, Tim Scott ran for president, right? From South Carolina and go back and look at some of the debates. He would give these fulsome declarations in favor of, oh, there's a roach in front of me. No, that's a stink bug. Okay, stink bug. Either way, yeah. Chinese big difference. I'll chill out. It <laughs> yeah. No, it's a big difference.
3: Whenever I go anywhere, I'm
1: just surrounded by stink bugs. Maybe I have to look inward to see the reason for that. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. So um, I want to I want to
0: clarify something though. But so, so uh,
1: Tim, Tim Scott would give these like soaring oratories in favor of Ukraine funding and Israel funding, etc. Uh, but now he's voting no. Why? Because he's sort of he's, he and several others of these people who voted no are like a bridge to Trump within the Senate Republican Caucus. Trump has, is at least nominally opposed to the bill. And so they're kind of trying to you know, play this game where they're weighing different political considerations and trying to come to a happy medium that is to put most to the advantage of Senate Republican candidates in November.
0: I want, I want to clarify something too, because we have a super chat from Brett Tesla. He says, keep in mind the Senate bill contains a provision that should Trump be elected president and he attempts to stop spending the money on Ukraine, it'll trigger immediate impeachment of Trump. That is not That's correct. That's not true. <laughs> what what uh, J.D. Vance was saying is that the bill funds Ukraine into the Trump administration, uh, into the first fiscal year of a Trump administration. And should Trump try to stop the funding in negotiations to end the war, it would warrant or give Democrats uh, 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 a reason to impeach. That is, the funding goes until September, I think, 25th. Imagine Donald Trump gets elected. And in February, he says, we're ending this war now. Now, I made the prediction that And it's not necessarily a prediction, but more of like a point that the day the news comes in, Donald Trump will be your next president. He is president elect. The war stops. There's immediate ceasefire because Ukraine knows their funding's done and Russia knows Trump is going to negotiate and it's going to clean everything up and and Putin's not going to want to go up against Trump on the issue. Trump would get on the phone as soon as he's president and say, we're ending this. What needs to be done? Ukraine would lose territory. Russia would end up effectively winning what they wanted, but it would end the war. I think with this bill that nullifies that pseudo prediction, because now funding is secured through September. And if Donald Trump stops the spending that was congressionally approved, they will argue as they did in the first impeachment. The president has no authority to halt spending that was congressionally approved but if that, that means that Donald Trump will not be able to say to Vladimir Putin, the U.S. will no longer fund Ukraine in this conflict. We want an end to the war. Putin will say you have no authority. Congress has already approved the funding and you can't stop it. They'll impeach you. I saw what happened. It is completely undermining our ability to to negotiate in, in, in regards to this.
4: Could they still fund Ukraine in sort of a reconstructive effort with that money and still end the war? And still send the bills.
1: Well, that funding mechanism is one of several that's used to arm Ukraine. So that one that you're talking about pre-existed the 2022 invasion. And as you mentioned, was in effect when Trump was in office. Right. So Trump or any president would be in a sense bound by whatever Congress decides to appropriate to that particular authority, but that's all only a minority of the overall Ukraine funding, which uses a variety of different authorities. There are definitely no automatic impeachment trigger. And I'm not sure how much it would really hamstring Trump. Cause I even, I doubt that even if there was some ideal negotiation that he came up with, that it would involve 100% cutting off all, funding to Ukraine. I mean you would probably want to still keep Ukraine within the American orbit. You're still basically subsidizing their entire military. Right. Trump has never on principle come out against all Ukraine funding. He actually increased right. funding. He gave him weapons. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He he uh, acceded to the lobbying of Lindsey Graham and John McCain in 2017 and of Poroshenko, the previous president of Ukraine, and started for the first time sending javelin missiles. And then when the war started in 2022, Trump would go on like Sean Handy's show and brag how many of his javelin missiles were being used to kill Russian soldiers. So this idea that Trump is just going to you know, magically end the war, I think that's a lot of wishful thinking. He won't give any specifics about what he's actually going to do on a policy level. All he says is, the war never would have started if I was in power, which is unprovable, counterfactual. And number two, the war will end in 24 hours because I'll just get everybody to agree and start loving each other. I don't know. I don't know that I, that's necessarily I, 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 I a don't realistic agree. proposition. I, I don't
0: agree with uh, uh, counterfactual. I suppose you can argue we don't necessarily know what. Well, it's network. definitely counterfactual. It didn't have, it's an alternate timeline. Right. My point is the crisis in Ukraine had been bubbling up under, under Obama. And under the, Trump. The ousting of Yanukovych. Both. But it ended. No, not at all. So I'm, uh, so in 2013, Euromaidan protests erupt, the conflict between the trade agreement with Ukraine, either EU or the the loss of the trade agreement with Russia, the ultimate ousting in 2014 of Yanukovych and the riots and separatist movement. By the time Trump had become president and I returned to Ukraine, going back to Kiev, it had simmered down to the point where the locals said, we don't call this civil war. No, it's mostly done. There's just some fighting in the East now. Yeah. So under Obama, dramatic escalation, civil war, to the point where journalists were kidnapped by Russian separatist forces. Several Two years later, Trump is president. I go back to Kiev. Uh, everything seems to be fine now. We don't really talk about it because it's over. This is what I'm told by well, locals Because there was
1: low-grade fighting in the Donbass, though. But
0: it had mostly weakened. In 2014, it was terrifying. But Trump
1: fighting. fueled the combat by sending lethal weaponry for the first time. And for whatever reason... I mean, that was denounced by the Kremlin when it happened and, and they said that it was, was going to make it and more they likely waited, to precipitate war, which they was
0: correct. And they waited until Trump was out of office and then under Biden, we get this massive explosion of war and conflict, a resurgence of troops in the Middle East. I do not think... I, th- I think it is fair to say that if you look at the actions of the Trump administration in terms of no new wars, timelines for removal of troops from the Middle East, trying to get our troops out of Syria despite being lied to and Abraham Accords, as well as other p- attempts at peace negotiations, the likelihood, be it 51 percent or otherwise, is that there would likely not be war in Ukraine if Donald Trump was president.
3: He also did give an indication of what he would do in a when he spoke to um, Maria Bartiromo in July and he said, you know, you, you could say that this is vague, which it is, but he said, I would tell Zelensky no more. you got to make a deal. I would tell Putin if you don't make a deal, we're going to give them a lot. We're going to give them more than ever we got. Ever right. So he threatened, to give,
1: got. he threatened to give yeah, Ukraine so more weaponry than ever before.
3: Right. So what he said was that he would stop all funding to Ukraine if Ukraine didn't make a deal and increase it. If Russia wouldn't come right, to the table. Right, which is just so,
0: basically saying right. he's going
3: to negotiate with them. But that was his plan. I, what, that's I, the most I, I think, that he has said. But about his
1: there, there really is plans. huge continuity. And I've done pretty in depth research reporting on this. There is hu- a huge amount of continuity between the Trump administration and the Biden administration in terms of Ukraine policy in particular. Not on every foreign policy issue. We can get into you know, that if you want separately. But in terms of Ukraine policy, it, there's a huge amount of continuity. I'll just give you one very uh, important example. In uh, early 2020, Mike Pompeo, who was then the Secretary of State in the Trump administration, went to Ukraine, met with Zelensky and Ukrainian leadership, and they uh, agreed upon what was the initial uh, iteration of this new strategic partnership that was going to be, become operational bilaterally between the U.S. and Ukraine. So they were going to start a new uh, there were going to be new parameters to the relationship where it was going to be enhanced bilateral military ties and support and uh, pr- provision of technology and arms and so forth. So it was basically increasing the extent to which U- Ukraine was becoming a bastion of US military power. That was Pompeo and then in November 2021, three or t- you know three or so months before the war started in February, the following February, Blinken Pompeo's successor as Secretary of State go, also goes to Ukraine and codifies that strategic partnership agreement, which, among other things, uh, locks in a U.S. commitment that Ukraine will ultimately formally join NATO. So that was state, you know, reiterated by Pompeo in 2020, reiterated by. Uh, Blinken in 2021, per, and that's per, a core grievance perhaps, of Putin in launching the invasion. A lot per, of it occurred under the Trump administration.
0: Perhaps Tucker should have asked Vladimir Putin specifically on the issue of Trump and Biden. But let's uh, we'll move on to this story here because I want to cover this one from Savannah Morning News, Georgia National Guard to send members to U.S.-Mexico border. Brian Kemp announces between 15 and 20 members of the Georgia National Guard will travel to the U.S.-Mexico border this spring to assist Border Patrol agents in Texas Georgia Governor Brian Kemp announced on Tuesday, they will join the 29 members of the Georgia National Guard who are currently stationed in Texas to help set up a command post at the border. Kemp's announcement comes in response to a Republican lawmakers in both chambers of the Georgia legislature are calling a national immigration crisis. Kemp's announcement was delivered shortly after resolutions decrying federal immigration policies and pledging support for Texas Governor Greg Abbott passed in the House and Senate. Georgia's more than 800 miles, blah, blah, blah. No one can claim there isn't a crisis. Federal crime data indicates, yada yada, yada. Here's the question right now. They say though the tech, the Georgia National Guard members will be traveling to Texas, Camp said they will mainly be assisting with engineering and mechanical issues at the command center. Our National Guard is not going to be arresting people. We don't have those powers. We'll leave it up to the Texas authorities. So this is this is this is the interesting thing. They're gonna be assisting Border Patrol agents. Okay. Federal Border Patrol agents, because they're facilitating the human trafficking and smuggling. It sounds like what this actually is, is not too dissimilar to what we saw with Alaska. Georgia, Kemp is not a Trump guy, is going to be sending National Guard to help the federal government facilitate illegal immigration.
1: Trump endorsed a primary opponent to Kemp in 2022, yeah. We
4: didn't win. But is this unclear whether
0: they're going to assist the feds or the state, local state? The story says they'll be assisting Border Patrol. Border Patrol are the ones facilitating the human smuggling. National Texas National Guard are stopping it. So for instance, Taylor Hansen, who uh, has been on this show and reports for Tenet Media, said down there during CBP control, thousands of illegal immigrants, criminal aliens every day. As soon as Texas takes over, four or five, four to six. And I said, thousand? He goes, no, 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 like four, like four people. I was like, wait, wait, single digit four. He's like, yeah. If they're going down to assist the federal government.
3: That's not what he said. Kemp said the crisis on the border is a national problem it demands a national solution. But if the Biden administration continues to fail the American people, then we have no choice but to step in. Therefore, in addition to the Georgia guardsmen already stationed at the border, we will send reinforcements to Texas this spring who will assist with the construction of a forward command post on the border with Mexico.
0: The question is. This this this, this is from uh, Savannah Morning News, and I think what you just said still does not make it clear. Mm. We need to know exactly who he will be working with, Texas or the feds. This says Border Patrol. This does not say Texas National Guard. He says arresting will be up to Texas. You got so my my issue here is we we don't exactly know based on this individual report unless we can find more details specifically on what Kemp is saying. To me, it's 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 vague.
4: Well, and he he acknowledges Texas's right to uh, make arrests.
1: So there's that.
0: Yes, but this could this could just be like oh yeah you know we we support Texas and Abbott, and then he goes and he works with the feds to try and keep things simmered down. Tough to tell. We got to get Kemp on the show. The report says supporting border patrol agents. Wouldn't any
1: bi-state pact or agreement between, in this case, Georgia and Texas also probably necessarily include some federal component in that it would become an interstate enterprise and therefore some kind of federal jurisdictional authority kicks in? I don't know the specifics, but that would be my intuition as to what this would entail.
0: Fox Atlanta is reporting that he is assisting Abbott's effort to control illegal crossings on the U.S.-Mexico border as Abbott pursues a showdown with the Biden administration. So, uh, again, allocate resources and assistance to the protection of the southern border does not actually explain who they will be working with. Now, to be to be fair, uh, Kemp was one of 13 governors who joined Abbott at Eagle Pass. So it, I honestly have no idea. I have no idea. This is what happened when the Alaska announcement came out that uh, at some point in 2025, Alaskan National Guard would be deployed to assist the federal uh, federal authorities here. A lot of people immediately saw that and assumed this meant Alaska would be deploying National Guard to to help Texas at a state level. However, when you read further, it's no to assist the federal government. And people were like, that is not very based. So the question now is who you know, who, where, wh- which which command will these individuals fall under? Will it be to act what we know right now? The Biden administration Border Patrol wants to open the border and allow thousands of non of criminal aliens in every day. The Texas state government has made this illegal and wants razor wire blocking these individuals and will not allow will not allow CBP in. Who is Brian Kemp going to be assisting in this? We don't know. It's conflicting reporting.
4: Yeah, I'd like.
1: Yeah, to I mean, there's or, an, there's an argument. I mean, I've heard the argument made that any law enforcement activity that takes place in conjunction with the border is necessarily within the purview of the federal government because the it's a national border and it transcends. State jurisdiction. So that could be what people were referring to. And
0: and so the issue now is when Texas National Guard came in and secured the area, the argument from the feds was you do not have the authority to do this. They did it anyway. Is Kemp going to which side is he on? There's a there's a a showdown. I mean, it's a legal showdown.
4: Yeah,
3: I think you're right. It's conflicting reports because most of what we've been seeing is um, helping Texas Guard at the border. And maybe what,
4: they just inadvertently but, called them border patrol. But
3: this is yeah. assumptive language. Yeah, it's it is. It is
0: intentionally vague, vague language and they're
3: to not make someone out till, or for piss like a poor month reporting. So. Yeah, the other I thing mean, is, which is possible.
1: Every ambitious Republican governor, or maybe even some non ambitious ones, end up sending a contingent of whether it's state police or national guard to Texas or something to engage in certain border enforcement activities. Does it make that much of a difference? Ultimately, I mean, they well, get nice headlines out of it. Well, so if they have a, if, we, we they, have a, a, quote, uh, if they have an inconvenient Republican primary challenger or something, well, maybe it kind of fortifies their position, but we I do, don't see what impact it makes. We have a quote
0: from Kemp saying their contributions will be outlined by the official request made by the Texas guard to our own guard and director, uh, James Stallings at uh, Gemma. That clears it up. That yeah. clears it up a lot. That, it, it, so this does sound like Kemp is reinforcing Abbott's position against Joe Biden.
1: Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, I I think clearly it's an attempt to have a bi-state arrangement with Texas because they see themselves as an opposition to the national government, at least on this policy. So what does that mean then? Uh,
0: We now have several states, I believe 10 states have sent law enforcement, uh, uh, National Guard and law enforcement to Texas to secure the border in defiance of the federal government.
3: Mm -hmm. And we had Trump saying, Everyone who can go ahead and do it. That was crazy. That was wild.
0: Donald Trump said anyone who could should do it. And Now mm-hmm. Kemp is Kemp is on board. Well,
1: well, how much how much in defiance is it really, just by dispatching these you know uh, groups of National Guard? I mean, well, I mean, Texas—they're they're, they're not like they're not you know uh, actively opposing. I mean, they're trying to engage in enforcement activity. They're not proactively like blunting the influence of the nas- the federal government. I mean, you could so say it's you like mean? a political statement against the current federal government policy, but it's not like actively opposing the authority of the federal government. What do, what, what do, you, what do you mean? Um, I, I mean, what when you say- in So, the so science- like the, the,
0: the Texas National Guard yeah. is according to the Biden administration in violation of federal law. Right. So if like uh, Greg Abbott were to rob a bank, and Kemp said, I'm going to send some guys to help you, you'd be like, well, he's not actually working against the government, you know? I mean, what's he really doing but, but going into but We don't bank.
1: know that the Georgia National Guard are going to be engaging in activities related to border enforcement that the Biden administration says are illegal. I mean, there could be other activities they could engage in that the Biden administration hasn't said that about, right? I think the way
0: that I would put it simply is if a person is robbing a bank and you do anything to help them, like even bring them a cheeseburger, you're an accomplice.
1: So if you do anything to help the Texas National Guard at all? Well, that's well, assuming mean,
4: that what they're doing is they, like, hand out water
1: bottles or something. <laughs> like, well, yeah, the that's federal I don't think they'll
0: support.
4: I don't think the federal government has the authority to allow eight thousand illegal immigrant economic migrants in every day. They Criminal have, aliens. Yeah, why would they have that authority to to allow that? That doesn't make any sense. Why would they ha- have the authority to allow our country's military to surrender to an incompetent force? They don't have that kind of authority. You strip them of command if they're trying to ruin us.
0: If the if the argument is that Texas does not have the authority to remove CBP from an international border and they're violating federal jurisdiction. The only real issue is like we have a, a national level conflict of law enforcement in a way we've not seen in a very, very long time. You know, a lot of people like to bring up the Bundy Ranch stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but that was private citizens versus a federal agency. Yeah,
3: that's totally we're different. looking at
0: State National Guard armed troops who have been deployed with weapons to repel Border Patrol agents from the border. And to place border barriers in front of what the feds are declaring as their jurisdiction, and now you have Kemp uh, announcing the deployment of 15 to 20 troops to assist Texas in this effort. What do you think would happen if you, Michael, went up to a federal law enforcement agent, say FBI, and told them, "Get away from this border right now, or else," with with gu- and, and with guns, like you and your buddies got guns, walked up and said, "All of you FBI guys have to leave now, or else." I think you would be violently arrested and you'd go to jail for a long time.
1: Oh, I think I would have a very friendly encounter with the
0: nice agent, and everything would work out fine.
1: The only reason
0: that's not the case right now is the dramatic escalation that would ensue. Should federal, I mean, let's just, let's just, we'll slow down. To anybody listening, if a group of uh, uh, militiamen, like just like a bunch of locals who called themselves the border guys or whatever, showed up to the border and started putting up razor wire, told CBP to get the F out, their jurisdiction no longer applies, you know, some wild-ish
4: would go down. It really depends on the situation, because, like, if you were had a burning city and people were burning to death and the and the, the militia guys went in, they're like, we're, we're going to help all these people survive, but the feds were there being like, no, you can't go in there. And they're like, get out of my way, we're saving these people, and they and well, they did it. That would be like, well, the feds might back off in that case and be like, no, all right, all no, right, no, 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 no. there's more of you, you let's, do need to let's, save let's them clarify. morally.
0: Let's clarify. Your city is burning down, and the feds are setting the fires and a bunch of militia guys come in and say, we're shutting this down. Yeah, I would I would think maybe the
4: command is is giving the feds weird orders, but that the men themselves would be like, this is what we're here, doing here is unreasonable. There's more of them than there are of us and they're they're righteous right now. So let's back off like that. I'm pretty
0: sure if non law enforcement citizens of Texas showed up with guns and tried repelling federal agents you would have bloodshed and violent arrests, and it would be like a J6 national news story.
1: I guess my instinct is that Brian Kemp is a pretty milk toast Republican, middle oh, of the yeah. road, not rocking the boat that much. As you mentioned, opponent of Trump, or Trump opposes him, and tried to get him primaried actually in 2022 based on 2020 election administration stuff. So I'm a little bit doubtful that Kemp would say, take such, um, you know, uh, adventurous action to really engage in any kind of open defiance of the federal government. You expect that more of a, a different kind of Cavalier Republican unless, other than Kemp. And Kemp's just like a business-oriented Chamber of Commerce Republican.
0: Unless you're taking a look at the polls, you're taking a look at national sentiment, and you realize Biden's on the wrong side of history.
4: Has there been illegal immigrants being shipped into Georgia, into Atlanta?
0: I would I imagine, yes. That, they're, that they're going also, everywhere. That'll change a governor's mind.
3: But Well, the Biden know, administration is flying people everywhere.
0: Right now. now So I, I, I look at it this way. If someone in government does a bad thing and everyone says it was a bad thing, you will immediately start seeing politicians come out and being like, I was always opposed to bad thing. Right? It's just the, the, the it's the tides. It's the it's the whims of, of public discourse. If Kemp is seeing that national polling favors securing the border, the Biden administration is grossly unpopular. Trump is is the is the front runner to win with the polls, even among the youth vote. He might be thinking to himself, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I better just go along with this. doesn't well, matter what it, That's what, what I
1: think he's doing. He's going along to get along. He's sending a nominal uh, contingent of te- uh, Georgia personnel to assist in border activity. And I doubt it'll be anything that really crosses the line to open conflict or warfare between the states and feds. Because at that point, you might potentially alienate some of those more you know, median voters who do agree about the border issue at this point, but don't necessarily want to be too crazy about it. With this... Now that we've cleared this up, and it does appear clearly that he is going
0: to be working directly with the Texas Guard in defiance of the federal government, I think when you look at the polls, when you look at the national sentiment, if the Biden administration made any move to defy Texas in terms of force, they would get, they would be crushed instantly. You know, you like, like we mentioned, Jon Stewart ragging on Joe Biden's brain. They are not, it's not a popular administration. They are, I mean, one poll just came out showing, uh, uh, national election i think biden was at like 38 mm-hmm. percent. this is not including rfk jr trump was at like high 40s to like biden's 38 and i don't know how true that is ago, Brian oh, we, we love uh, and, and i would like to add real qu- Biden's
1: approval is the lowest of any president since the second term of george w bush when it was at a historic Wow, in you know, iraq was the most unpopular i'd
0: also like to take this time to point out the worst websites in the world are local news websites
1: because they auto re- <laughs> they, they auto- automatically reload to generate yeah, ad revenue on the plane, plane, by the way, guys. Yeah, but anyway, local news reporters are also among the dumbest people I've ever encountered. Like, I'm sure they're well meaning, but they just like take PR and marketing in college. Yeah, and then <laughs> they can read off a True. teleprompter, and it's it to- no original thought about anything. Well,
0: it was fascinating too because I, I knew someone a long time ago who wanted to be a broadcast journalist. Quick math. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind, flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash timcast. Netsuite.com slash timcast. That is, again, netsuite.com slash timcast. And I was like, so you want to stand there and read copy? Like, you're not, it's the most brain-dead
1: job imaginable. Like if with weird it, vocal intonations like tonight on such and such and such, I have to talk like I'm a crazy abnormal person and not well, I, communicate I, with you regularly. I
0: once asked, uh, 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 it, was, it was a kid in college that I knew and they were like, I want to be a broadcast journalist. And I said, why is it that you talk like this? Tonight, we saw a dog yeah. run across the street, Jim. And I'm like, why do you talk like that? And they're like, we're, we're trained to. And I'm like, why? Yeah, they teach it. Why? They well, they nobody talks like American that. standard American speech. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but, it. But, it, but it's not standard American speech. It's like news broadcast dialect. It's a specific thing where- It's like
1: cartoonish speech. A dog I mean, no, was seen if, running if across met, the yeah, street. Yeah, if you met somebody at like a cafe who was talking like that, you would think that they're out of their minds. Is like Actually, a- Howard Stern became popular because on the radio, he mocked the radio version of that theatrical style yeah. of intonation and just sounded like a normal person, more or less. So he was kind of you know going against the grain. And I think it, you know people who are our age now, I mean, the only people who watch these local news Stations are like petrified 65 year olds who don't know how to fully work the TV remote. So this is all they can come up with at like 6.30 in the evening?
4: This is You said it there. It's theatrical. That's the problem with this vocal intonation is they're talking with great enunciation. And the tone also <laughs> is a form of enunciation. So you can hear it like from a distant in a theater. You can discern what they're saying and when, the, when their emotions are changing, even if you're like 7,000 feet away. But on TV, it
1: doesn't translate. The fact that I'm talking like this sounds like it gives me non-existent journalistic authority. authority. Back to you, Ken.
3: Maybe it's from radio.
1: Like from well, back in the show day is yeah. weird now. This show? <laughs> this show is <laughs> Everyone's true, talking like this. I think it's uh <laughs> it's like
0: an attempt at pr- making yourself seem authoritative by speaking yeah. in a way that people associate with you know, yeah. if you talk that way you're official. Also yeah, it's heightened
3: true. like a lo- you know, whenever people do performances, performances are heightened. That's what you do like you go on stage and you speak you know, carefully and with specific intonation. That's always what you do when you give a presentation.
0: I got to be honest, like, could you imagine turning on like your local news station and the guy's like, "Uh, I'm standing here at the corner of 47th and Cicero uh, a man earlier had crossed the street, and a car hit him.
3: And said, uh, "A man earlier
0: dude, crossed the street." I would how- watch that <laughs> in college. I <laughs> yeah.
4: did um the local. Ju- I did journalism for TV two at Kent State, and I was like the special reporter. I got hired on. They're like, "All right, we want to move you to sports," and I was like, "All right." So I was that guy. I'd be like, "He hit it. It went out to the left field. <laughs> that guy got it, and dang, he threw a far." Uh, <laughs> You're just sports uh, guy. That guy went over to third third base too. <laughs> I don't know who they were. How uh,
1: many people <laughs> were tuning into Kent's? Uh, Kent State sports. I didn't get the analytics. The the
4: yeah. I'd love to know, though. Dude, That's great. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, I'm talking normal. Uh,
0: Super Bowl was the most watched uh, thing on television. Did you guys watch ever? it since the moon landing? I thought it was ever. Since I thought it was the, the most landing, watched broadcast but... ever since the moon landing. They said hmm. that's great. Yeah, 123 million. Wow. I actually
3: did watch the Super Bowl with my with my child who was sick. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I want to watch the ads. mom." And the narrative,
4: the narrative. Well, did you guys see the ending? The ending was kind of cool.
0: It was exactly as uh, we all predicted. Did you
4: see Joe Biden's meme that came out right right away? All part of the
0: plan. But but what I love the most about it is that we predicted with like 80 percent accuracy exactly what was going to happen. The 49ers would be up in the first half. The uh, Chiefs would slowly get ahead, but then it would the, the, the 49ers would push ahead. It would end up a really close uh, uh, game. And then finally, in the last second, with the four minutes ahead, the Chiefs would turn it around, and that's literally what they happened. Let the guys score the touchdown. But uh, just no, Kelsey, no, no, didn't, Kelsey. Kelsey
1: didn't get the game winning no, touchdown, which they, almost which, which they engineered just so it's not too on the nose. Right. No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> the second to last play, they did get it to Kelsey. <laughs> no, Kelsey got a big play toward the end, but he didn't get the game winning touchdown. Yeah, and they stopped him obvious. just before the touchdown, and then it went to Hardman, who ended up scoring.
1: But let's let's take. I, to uh, I took that Biden meme photo with the you know the yeah. laser eyes, and that's I tweeted tweeted it out saying, "This is." What every Palestinian child sees as their last thing they <laughs> can see before they're blown up with a U.S. munition. Jeez. Yeah, someone uh, was like during the this.
4: Hafa blowing up Hafa. Didn't they blow up Hafa? Rafa, that night? Yeah. Rafa. Rafa, Rafa, Rafa yeah. they, they were bombing. While Rafa. Everyone was watching. Which, the Super which is Bowl, the one, one place the in the,
1: the, the far city. south they of they Gaza Rafa, where they had the crossing? Well, the, the no, the, the city, the city, okay. Rafa. Okay. That's the one place in the far south of Gaza where they had told That's they Palestinians all this time to go to avoid being caught in the crossfire. Now they're bombing that place. There's really no place left. Well, they had
0: hostages there. Let's jump to the story. This is a tweet. A story from NBC Boston. Jack Posobiec highlighting the rich white woman in New England who took in a family of Haitian migrants who says, it's great. It's like having your own personal chef. So, uh, let me uh, play some of this story for you.
2: hi Lisa, oh.
3: She says her daughter yeah, is very happy. Yeah. When she wakes up in the morning, she says, hi Lisa,
2: and everyone starts the day smiling. It's a delight and it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them.
0: Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef as Wildande loves
4: cooking. gusta la ocupacion? In fact, Her goal is to
0: open up her own restaurant. All right. So the basic narrative here is a wealthy white woman with extra space took in a family of Haitian migrants where they cook for her. And it makes them happy. And she does not pay them.
3: I was writing about this today because it really seems like we used to have a word for things like this. When rich white people would open their homes and give you their extra space and not pay you anything and then have you do the household chores. Well, but let's be, let's be realistic. Indentured <laughs> I mean, uh, servitude, be that, that, I think. No. N- yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. A, a bit worse than that. I wrote about it today, and I did you know, use no, no, look, the S word. You're making an sure. allusion to slavery. Yes, that's correct. But these
0: Haitian migrants came here by choice. And they can and leave anytime they, leave they want. And t- they can go but, anywhere. They can leave, and there is a perfectly fine dumpster they can sleep in if they want. They, or they can choose to live in the rich white lady's home and have shelter for their family. So long as they keep, you know, giving uh, exchange of their services,
1: right? Well, don't, don't yeah. the pairs come from like Sweden and stuff in exchange for room and board and then taking care they of they get the paid.
3: Children? They get paid, and they have special in immigration status. Yes. Hmm.
1: So, uh, I a, f- a few friends of mine
0: twenty years ago were uh, all pairs, and it's a it's a program. You you get paid. Okay. You you are a live-in housekeeper who receives a sal- a, a, a salary or wait usually a salary And or something.
3: And you have a special visa. Uh,
0: my my friends who did it got a weekly flat rate oh. so you can call it a stipend but they're getting 500 bucks a, a week plus a room in the house and they just watch the kid and, and prepare meals for the kid taxable and Five so, taxable all oh taxable, yeah yeah right? yeah
1: yeah and, and but they were like 19 probably double taxable because if you're from your home country so oh right. sweden's got like you know 55 percent income tax.
0: but then i also met uh the inverse too people who had came to the united states to be up pairs that's what i and, meant people who right. like come, come from like scandinavia yeah, yeah yeah but that's a job yeah you could also do like teaching english and korean stuff like that yeah yeah
3: this isn't a job. This is no. This, these are
0: people who came here here's illegally. A place to live. I think uh, this woman, uh, this she should be in prison.
3: Yeah, well, it's not just her. I was writing about this for Human Events today. Uh, I did an op-ed and I started digging into what's going on in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts in August, you had the lieutenant governor telling Massachusetts, you know, Bay Staters is what they're called pretty much. You had her telling everybody to open up their homes and let everybody in. They have a vast network of not-for-profits and NGOs that facilitate housing people in the homes of, you know, residents. Um and working out whatever sort of arrangements. But you have to imagine that if you're like, you know, essentially homeless in a foreign country and you're in somebody's house, you're going to do whatever you can to try and make it less, I think, you know, less of a burden for that person. You're going to like do whatever the chores are.
0: The only future I see for this country will have a very dark period because there's one of two things that can happen. Donald Trump engages in a mass deportation program, which sparks insanity among the left or... The continued erosion of the american community which results in this country eventually just breaking apart into a million pieces and i'll explain what that means the analogy I've, i i would, would give is you know you 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 live in a house with a roommate and one day there's a guy sleeping on your couch and you go to your roommate and say who is this guy sleeping on the couch and he says uh, this is jim jim needs a place to stay come on just let him stay and you say no no no. i never agreed to pay rent to let him say no, no no it's fine it's fine like I'll, I'll i'll he'll help pitch and he'll clean things up and you go okay fine whatever the next day, there's another guy sitting on the couch and his name is Bill. And you go, whoa, whoa, who's Bill? I never said Bill could come in. And they go, uh, me and Jim vote that he can stay. And You go, no, no, he can't vote. Well, we both voted. So now you can't do anything about it. Two to one. He gets to stay. Now it's three to one. One by one, they keep voting to add more and more people. And eventually you're just some dude who's living in the basement in your own filth because they keep voting against you to take all your stuff. So what's happening now is
3: I keep wondering like in yeah. the
0: New York election with uh, to replace Santos. I saw this is very fascinating.
3: The polls closed, by the way.
0: Right, the Republican who's running
1: in New York is <laughs> basically a liberal. <laughs> she's the most hilarious person the Republicans have ever nominated for any office. Mazie, and so, yeah, so she's a bla- she's you know a black Ethiopian woman from Served in the IDF. That's why the Nassau County Republicans in New York right, are all right so, over heels. So work. here's what's happening:
0: the Republicans, instead of choosing somebody who says we should secure our borders, we should deport, 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 MAGA, Trump, America first, they get someone in New York who's a liberal. Why? Well, she supports Cal- Trump.
1: She expressed support for, for Trump.
0: sure, sure, sure. But yeah. I mean, she's, she's a relatively liberal person. It's a New York Republican. You're not getting a diehard MAGA. What happens is when Reagan, uh, many people attribute California's turning from red to blue to, to Reagan.
1: Well, Santos actually was pretty right way. I mean, Sant- Santos boasted that he sure. had the most conservative record of any Republican in the House. Well, you
0: know, and he was also uh, weird strange in other ways. But my point yes. is <laughs> in California in 94, there was an attempt to pass a resolution that said, uh, they did pass it, federal uh, public funds cannot be given to non citizens. And it caused massive revolt and protests among the left, who were amplified by illegal immigrants, creating such crisis in the state. That a bunch of Republicans backed down, Democrats gained a majority and ended up winning. Simply put, when you bring someone into your country to live there and they bring their family and they expand and you end up with 10 plus million, they will exert influence on your country over a long enough period of time. They're not going to vote for your country. They're going to vote for theirs. One of the big problems we have in this country is the, is remittances. People come to the United States, do work and then send the money immediately out of the country, which is bad. This is, uh, uh, there, there were a few uh, jurisdictions famous for their local currencies. Ithaca famous for its hours, they called it. They've mostly fall, fallen out of popular use, but they were very big, I think it was like in the 2000s. This was a local currency created by some dude. Ithaca, New York? Ithaca, New York. Had, oh. They still have the Ithaca hour, but most people don't use it anymore. What happens is- Is it a legal tender? In, this, in the jurisdiction, yes. Oh, huh, I didn't know that. So here's what happens. U.S. dollars. I often ask this when I go into any new city or I'm staying somewhere. I say, what brings U.S. dollars into this city? I wonder. Often you'll find it's government or universities, like money has to come from somewhere. In the instance of Michigan, when the auto manufacturing dried up and left, all of a sudden, nothing is generating U.S. dollars into this region. And so there's no way to economically expand. People can't afford the the increasing cost of inflation because the state only has, let's say, a million dollars of hypothetical number in circulation with no new dollars coming in. But dollars are going out through import purchases. When uh, when you buy a computer from from a foreign country, that money goes to that country figuratively it's spent in the United States, but it's utilized by them in their country. That value leaves without money coming into an area. It will start to dissolve and fall apart. So local jurisdictions have, you know, uh, they tried to create their own currencies to supplement local trade to prevent the issue of dollars leaving the area.
1: I think it's no longer in circulation in Ithaca, but it was mimicked in a couple other cities like Madison, Wisconsin. uh,
0: Not just mimicked, even before the Ithaca hour. But I I went there like eight years ago and people were like, yeah, we have them. We don't really use them anymore. The guy who made it work, like, I guess, I don't know if he died or what happened. But my point is this, people come to the United States they, they earn money at a, at a store and then they send that money to a foreign country. Someone will then use those dollars to buy something not in the United States, not facilitate American trade, not facilitate American services. And it won't go into the hands of young working class individuals. And thus, the economy gets depressed by the exporting of cash. You combine that with a mass influx of millions of immigrants who begin exerting pressure against your interests and your country collapses. Mm-hmm. It is akin to inviting a stranger into your home and then letting him exert authority over how things are spent and who gets money over a long enough period of time. It's simply put, the moment you and your roommate invite a third party in, that third party will subvert your interests. Whether yeah. it's by just telling your roommate what to do or by actually getting a say for some reason in how things are done. As Democrats have begun the push to allow non-citizens to vote, and they are. Joe Rogan was talking about this like a week ago. New York's trying it, got held up in the courts. Many jurisdictions are doing this. Eventually, Republicans will have to pander to non-citizens in order to get votes. So in a city like New York, you'll have a Republican say, no, no, I will not give tax funding from American workers to non-citizens. There will be revolt. There will be people with with money and influence in the city who will then oppose that Republican. They will never win. And the end result will be a Republican saying, I'm totally in favor of non-citizens voting, but I'm a Republican who believes in families.
3: Yeah, it- non-citizens should never be able to vote in any election in the United States for any reason. And my- after
0: this this cycle of millions, 10 plus million flooding in, there are going to be jurisdictions where no politician would dare say that mm-hmm. because there's going to be a large base of the children of these immigrants and those who do have voting power who will say, if you enact policy that in any way makes it harder for me and my family, we'll vote against you. And you'll say, but your family aren't citizens. And they'll be like, you have to consider them now or else you lose. And also,
3: they're going to be pushing. The Democrats, you can be sure, are going to be trying to push in some sort of amnesty for people. That's going to be coming if they win in... In, i agree in but
0: but i think the important thing to understand is amnesty is not not needed at all for one yeah, they'll be counted I mean, in the, the census there
3: but they could come at it from <clears throat> multiple directions right like if they can't get amnesty they'll get this voting thing if They I, I can't think, get the voting thing they'll get the amnesty like they're but, gonna push they, but, it through one way or another
0: agreed but it's important for people to understand whether or not an illegal immigrant votes does not matter. And whether or not they get amnesty doesn't matter. What matters is they will be counted towards the census. They will create artificial congressional seats and electoral college votes, and they will exert local pressure forcing conservatives to say publicly, like, I'm in favor of illegal immigration because you will not win in a district that has a a large percentage of non-citizens. Why? Some some 20-year-old kid is like, I'm going to vote this. His friend's going to come to him and say, hey, man, I'm undocumented. my my parents brought me here and we're not citizens. If you vote for the Republican, they're going to deport me. And he's going to go,
1: okay, I won't. Don't you think it's a bit of an overstatement, though, to say that any ethnic bloc that ends up getting a foothold within the American populace will inevitably work against the national interest? I mean, Cuban emigres have been a a huge... Well, you said that that they're going to work... You said that they're going to be a diversion with popular interest, right? Non-citizens coming, but they're naturalized in Cubans who ended up being admitted to the country. But
3: it's everybody together. Where,
1: where they were not citizens when so the, they were. So the issue
0: is integration and, they, and that's some
1: of the most you know reliable right. So the Republican thing, you're, so what, what you're misunderstanding, is, Florida.
0: I'm talking about mass influx, unchecked migration, where you have people who are not citizens and have no interest in what this country is, represents, or its history, versus legal migrants who came here appropriately, assimilated, took a citizenship test, and have family and connections
1: to the country. But Cubans who came over in a boat didn't go through a standard regulated right, I, I, I post naturalization that. process. Uh-huh. Right. So you, so, you can, that's fair to oppose it. It's been a controversial issue. But the point is, they became very well integrated into the wider American and kind so of the ethic, and including so, voting overwhelmingly for and, Republicans. And,
0: and so, what you're saying has no bearing on anything I just said, because if people are integrated into the country, they they vote for the interests of that country. People right. who are not integrated vote against the interests of the,
4: the country. But they
1: integrated even despite coming illegally. What does that have to do with what I'm talking that about?
0: That was because
4: there so was. You're
1: was talking so, about the lack of integration for people who come illegally. Because there's so right? many of it. It's, so, it's what, about
4: how many can integrate over a period
1: of time. Okay, so it could be quantity yeah that makes sense
0: right we're talking about millions of people over the past few years coming in with no ties to the community who are who are looking for buffalo wild wings that's an absolute quote from one of the migrants in the migrant caravan they want buffalo (laughs) wild wings they're not coming here because they're like this country will give me free speech they're coming here because they're like i want playstation quote that's a quote from the la times they interviewed someone in the migrant caravan i want buffalo wild wings that's
1: a quote the, the people fleeing. Or are they basically saying I want more economic opportunity? So let's just say there's a big That's difference between someone fleeing. The history of so the there's a big the difference
0: US. between someone fleeing Cuba because they're being murdered or gulagged, and someone who's like we're going to get free stuff. Yeah, economic migrancy
4: we... is right. not refuge. You don't seek refuge for bad economics. It's only yeah. for political persecution, things like that. Oh, right.
1: That's what people... they wanted to raise the asylum standards, so the people who are coming for economic refuge would not be eligible anymore.
4: Yeah, and she called them refugees. They're not. They're migrants. They're economic migrants. I think well, she the refugees. Be in
1: well, these
3: are these Under are. Asylum seekers from Haiti. So, they're, they're, yeah, they're, so under current law, they're asylum refugees. seekers.
4: What are they seeking asylum from? It's
3: From Haiti, which sucks apparently. But what sucks in it? Like Haiti's
1: in <laughs> way. a failed. basically a failed <laughs> it's state just, it's with like it's run a, by. Uh, I mean, wasn't the president like gang, assassinated? And, long and, situation ago? Situation and to be
0: and was, to be fair, Haiti. Like? Uh, I, I mean, in terms of the 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 uh, bordering nations or or, or uh, closest nations, it's an island. I mean, it's a it's a por- portion of an island. It's one thing if someone comes from Africa through South America, through Central America, to Mexico and to the United States. It's to the thing if it's Haiti.
4: Oh yeah, so, if they're coming right from Haiti, then I misspeak. Then if they're coming right from Haiti and there's gangs running it and murdering people in the street, then yeah, they are refugees. But that's, that's a different that's, situation. No, 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 that's
0: not necessarily true. Somebody from Haiti isn't necessarily at risk of dying to a gang. Just yeah. because your country's bad doesn't mean we just give you How stuff. do you
4: quantify that? How do you right. f- how do you figure it out whether they're actually if they're just taking advantage of political upheaval to go to a better place or if they're actually fleeing from the upheaval? Well,
3: like with Venezuela, like there's special immigrant visas for Venezuelans and the Biden administration directly flies Venezuelans to the US. And now there's this whole issue in New York with like venezuelan gang being being connected to like 63 robberies or something like that and now there's some concern that they might be teaming up with ms13
1: i, <laughs> think, well I think that's another potentially republican-leaning <laughs> ethnic demographic because remember what they're fleeing they're fleeing a left wing i don't care about or republican-leaning or democrat-leaning No, no or i'm just regardless. saying there's like there's a there's a diversity in terms think... of the political inclinations <clears throat> of people who come to the country and it's not america
0: and know. so 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 uh, but no it's fact so Maybe I'll, I'll put it mental, But
1: hasn't America always been like a melting pot? Um, imagine you have, right, for, for I mean, people but who integrate. I'm descended from people. Well, yeah, I'm descended from people who came from Ireland, Italy, who des- weren't necessarily right. thinking, so let's oh, say- I bi- love the concept of America. They were coming for economic opportunity because they were peasants and there in was, Europe.
0: And there was a restriction on how many could come and when they could come and what they had to do. And historically, these people came and were like, we're going to learn the language. We're going to go to school. And many of the migrants, uh, stories that, you know, actually was recently told by a very elderly person, They their parents refused to teach them their native language. They said, we, yeah. you're only going to speak English, which is the opposite of what we're seeing now. So I think a better analogy. I think a lot
1: of second, ge- second third, fourth generation so Spanish speaking immigrants end up speaking English.
0: A better and a- Yeah, because of proximity, not because the parents are like, we're going to integrate. I think a better analogy would be like if you have five members of your family and you invite, and this lady invites someone in the house, that person will begin to exert influence. That person's interests are not going to be the kid going to college, it's going to be what am I getting? Whether, whether they feel they're entitled to a lot or a little, it will be, what do I get? This woman is, is cooking and cleaning. Uh, well, let's just say cooking, I don't know, personal chef. And so she's going to eventually be like, look, I, I, I appreciate you letting me stay here, but I'm cooking food for you and I get nothing for it. There will be a influence exerted. Let's now entertain the possibility, this woman. What do you think happens if her family of five invites four more people in? Now it's 50-50. Now there's going to be fighting over who gets to use the bathroom and when. Doesn't matter who is entitled to the bathroom, who owns it. It's going to be a problem. Hey, look, I got to wake up in the morning. You can't be in the shower for 30 minutes. I need to take a shower. Plus, there's five people waiting. It becomes cluttered. Eventually, there will be competing interests as to who gets what resources. Imagine they had five more Haitian refugees, as they call them. Now they're going to be like, yeah, you get out. We got too many people here. There's 15 of us and we vote you leave. That's just it. That's I guess what the
3: question I was is- was too there... is like, when do they get squatters rights, you know, for her house?
1: I guess the question is- when Oh, are there... she's a resident now. Yeah. She can't be evicted. When are there fi... The question might be, when are there finite resources? Meaning, when does the share get smaller and smaller and smaller that when more people come in, there's too small a piece of the pie that it creates, it creates upheaval or- also well, like- it could, let's get it could happen slowly like, or it like... could happen
4: all at once. If the power goes out, if there's a da- well, power no, down- Well, right, no, it's right now. grid down thing, it's, 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 it's every it's, man it's, for himself. It's, it's
1: right now and a carton
0: of eggs is, is, is 10 bucks. Or or a pack of salami. I've been complaining about this nonstop.
3: Fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks for salami. It's
0: like it's like thirteen twenty-six. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm rounding up. But it was like six dollars a year and a half, two yeah, years for ago. Real. It's getting it's getting nuts. And it's it's supply and demand. It's spending massive amounts of money and resources through our fractional reserve banking system on a tremendous influx of non citizens who are being handed debit cards. Our tax dollars figuratively being spent to facilitate the trafficking of of non-citizens coming through the border. It is not a boon on our economy when I'll put it this way, a a viral video from Gen Z of a five by 11 uh, apartment in New York City with no bathroom. It has a sink in it and it's $2,000 a month. And they're like, this is what Gen Z can afford these days. If you're lucky, they're putting non-citizens in luxury hotels paid for by the state. And you get a TV, a bedroom and a bathroom. And it's a Xbox studio too. and an Xbox.
4: I'm lucky about that? if you get a bathroom. I no, a no, no, no. I had not toilet in my kitchen one. The, well, no, the luxury I
0: hotels have bathrooms. Oh, that place, yeah. The Gen Z apartments don't. No, you gotta walk so down the hall. I've never we, even been to a hotel that has Xbox. What the hell? Well, no, they're, they're, the shelters have it. But the question then becomes why is well, it that American citizens who are trying to start families, get jobs, and and get places to live on their own have to live in five by ten boxes, and non citizens are getting luxury jobs? Because they had it easy
4: growing up, Tim. They got a leg up. They can work, they can figure it out on
0: their own. That's this the mentality, the, I think. This is the point of finite resources today. We do not have enough to give homes to our own children right now. Why the are we giving it to non citizens?
3: Well, yeah, the other thing, too, is you hear the government officials in Toronto and New York and Massachusetts all saying to people, hey, if you have extra rooms, just open your homes, open your homes to these you know, immigrants and have them come live with you. It's like who in Toronto, New York and eastern Massachusetts has extra space? Rich people I, have extra space. right? I,
0: I hope that the next thing we hear from this woman is that she gets into a, a dispute over residency with the migrants who claim that they're legal residents who can't be evicted mm-hmm. and then... Because, I'll, look, after I think 28 days, you're a legal resident who can't be evicted no matter what. Mm-hmm. They can then claim she doesn't pay rent. And her argument is going to be, I am a legal resident and our initial agreement included no rent free.
3: Well, and the NGOs also that facilitate <clears throat> this kind of thing, um, they're saying, oh, you can decide how long you want these migrants to be there. but. Not really, not by actual law and not by tenant law in Toronto, New York or Boston.
0: She's going to be like, it was really great having you here. I I think you guys should find a new place now that you've been here for a long time. And they're going to say, we have nowhere to go and
1: we're not leaving.
3: Right. Why would they?
1: Resources have always been finite. But my hunch is that there have been times in American history in the past where economic conditions were worse than they are today. And yet- an inflow of immigration was still tolerated. Look, I've never actually been ideologically in favor of immigration or really even opposed to it again, neutral for better or worse. But in the encounters that I have had with people who do immigrate most of the time, if they're coming here, it's for relatively innocuous reasons, not because they have some kind of nefarious intent to undermine the American project or be, even a lot of them do want to actively assimilate And That doesn't mean you can't justifiably regulate Those inflows of non-citizens to the country. I mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Which would be much less than 2 million. But I wouldn't necessarily cast such kind of generalized aspersion on the people who do make that trek. A lot of times they tend to be more industrious and more entrepreneurial than the average member of their society because they're making this epic journey to come to a brand new place i find that in particular with the people from central and south
0: america keep saying it and i hope you do and we can clip this and send it to every gen z kid who can't afford an apartment no i get it the advocacy of someone to say these industrious people are enriching the community and are going to get for free what you should have gotten
1: no, I'm not what, saying they should get for free what, you, what you've gotten. I'm just saying that in terms of their character traits. They're good people. Yeah, exactly. and, and, you know, it, it's great that they're coming here and taking from you.
4: The problem is it's tough to tell if they're but industrious not or who, not. And it's, it's not, not them really who's a, taking
0: it.
1: I mean, they're, they're utilizing the
0: opportunity. If there are that. 10 houses on a street and there are 10 young people and you bring in 10 non-citizen criminal immigrants, right. there is going to be a competition for those Gen Z Americans over which house goes to whom. Maybe the answer is just billboard houses. <laughs> that is Who's one gonna do it? part
4: of it. That Who's is-
0: gonna do it? Where's the, the prices of wood and steel have been skyrocketing? Graphene. Government so- could subsidize it. So, so, the government takes from everyone else to pay for the criminal <laughs> aliens they allowed in? How about this? We say, hey, I mean, the guys, government used to
1: create a huge amount of public housing. That was like the I
0: got idea. housing boon after World War II. Let's stop bringing in millions of non citizens and actually support the younger generation and allow them to live comfortably no, and inherit the American yeah, I'm dream. I'm not a
1: zealot one way or another on this. Yeah, I think
4: you can't tell if they're um, industrious or not. That's the problem. A lot of people are, a lot of people could be covert military just acting like they're migrants there's no way to tell that's why we got to shut in my opinion shut down this illegal border crossing what are we looking fiasco? at ten,
0: tens of thousands of chinese nationals possibly We're i looking don't know at 600 what, what, what is the number 600 uh, terror suspects or something was it
1: 600 really but why why does being a chinese national autom- make you, automatically make you under suspicion they are not refugees from central or south america no, I got coming that. through our southern border But why does
0: being from china make you uniquely suspicious who's well, that in, you, an you illegal Chinese migrants are dangerous so, someone coming from the other side of the planet through our border is not a refugee no that may be
1: true yeah i'm just saying <laughs> <I don't, laughs> they're a wait. criminal alien okay i, I just don't, don't think the fact it, that they're Chinese yeah, doesn't necessarily make it doesn't mean, that they're, it doesn't mean that they're here to destroy, destroy us but right.
4: it, it does indicate that they're not which is an argument
1: that's being made they're, they're saying that, refugees. That, the, that the chinese communist party is infiltrating the united states through the southern border by sending but, all these okay suspicious all right nations. but but we got to stop there because you keep doing this where you're making arguments
0: no one made. I think that it's I'm a potential. That argument has been widely made. Maybe you and didn't make it We on this show are pointing out that someone who flew 8,000 miles to Mexico or to Brazil yeah. and came through our border is not a refugee or asylum seeker. No, They are seeking not. to exploit a, a damaged border and steal from the American people.
1: No, that could be true.
0: It's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, if you're coming to the southern I border I don't think it makes them an
1: especially insidious threat like national security. No, it's it's Correct. the fact
0: that if you came from China, you are clearly not a refugee. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, No, yeah. I got that. I'm, I'm talking about the... Ask, it's, it's
4: not w- fair to make to the speak, claim that yeah. the Chinese are more dangerous, but I think that could be possible. And that claim
1: is widely made. Look at Republicans talking about the permeability of the border in terms of Chinese nationals. They do argue that it's a national security threat to the united states because they're in league with a chinese communist party
4: and that the chinese are sending fentanyl i've heard that they're sending fentanyl to the cartels that's a fact who are they're sending the ingredients to make the fentanyl and so then they're sending
1: fentanyl across the border they manufacture the core ingredient that's like a poisoning of the american people it's more than
0: that uh when people order drugs online through nefarious means it mostly comes from china so designer drugs uh notoriously coming from china and i've only ordered from india so, uh, <laughs> you know, there are websites uh, that were around for a little while and designer drugs were this big thing where- Dark web?
1: Yeah, dark web. Silk, Silk Road, was that uh,
0: the, So, so I, I, don't was know, I don't know. Wide. I don't know. I don't know exactly where Silk Road, it, it was like, it could be from anywhere. Yeah. But designer drugs is this big thing where I, I think they've closed the loophole because drugs were specifically regulated. People could, uh, 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 would, could alter the molecular structure of certain drugs, yeah. making them a different, non-regulated oh, that's substance
4: designer drug that's what you yep, mean by right. designer drug they haven't changed and loophole though it's just they just keep making you nutrients. no some
0: states have passed laws that say oh, really? a substance that does these things right okay instead okay. of a certain substance we gotta go to super chats yep. so if you haven't already would you kindly smash that like button subscribe to this channel get your questions in now in the super chats we're going to be reading them as many as we can and become a member at timcast.com so you can watch the members only uncensored show and submit questions through the discord server to us we will now read your super chats my says, happy 37th and 11 twelfths. Hey, congratulations. Because I, I said on, the, on my morning show, I was like, I'm 38. Okay, well, I'm not 38, but I'll be 38 in less than a month. So I'm nice. like, basically 38. But like, you know, like a 10 year old, I
1: am 37 and three quarters. I get to say that. Do these people have a, these super chat people have like a calendar hanging up in their bedroom with your birthday marked out on it? And I they, bet some They, of them they check every box.
0: <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah. Well, no, I
1: quite literally said it this morning that I'm 37th and three quarters. If
4: you quarters. made a calendar well, with your birthday. face on all 12 months, I bet you'd sell a lot of them.
0: <laughs> and then I'm, I I'm December honest, and it
4: freaks everyone out.
0: I think it's if we be. made a calendar of anything, we'd sell a decent amount, but I think if we made a calendar of you, we'd sell more. It'd be have
4: to be you sweaty after you're working <laughs> out, skating, it's 12 different poses from 12 different days. I'd I sell
0: bikini pictures of you. I have to be honest, I think an Ian calendar would sell better than a Tim calendar. Yeah. Let's get ripped and find out. You like people would be like Tim's kind of boring, like, you know, I like hearing him. Oh, they love you so much. Yeah, dude. but but you're the you're like the the Cajun spice. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're too the much weirdo. spice.
4: It's like I can only you got to Spice <laughs> is like for a little bit. Every but you're the you're the meal. You're the buffet.
0: Meat and potatoes. All right, let's yeah, read you're more. The
4: meat and the potatoes, Jacob yeah. Jacob
0: Parody says after listening to the Joe Rogan interview with Aaron Rodgers recently, I realized that RFK Jr. would be the perfect VP pick for Trump. Joe Rogan would most likely endorse him. We we've entertained that in the past that RFK Jr. as an independent, considering what he's polling at. I'm inclined to agree, not that I want him to be the VP pick. But I think if Trump were to, to do that, I I, I think it would, just, it would crush Biden.
1: I tweeted out a clip recently from a Trump speech that RFK actually reposted and used it as a basis to directly go after Trump, at least more directly than I had seen in a while or maybe ever in terms of RFK attacking Trump. So I really doubt that's in the cards. I think both parties don't take fondly to independent parties or both two main parties don't take kindly to third party challengers because especially in the case of rfk jr it's not exactly clear from which candidate he draws more support well, oh it is clear no I, th- I think it's mixed if you look at the polling sometimes it's slightly more biden sometimes slightly more trump if and you, it could vary based on the state
0: if you go through rcp's average and 538's polling average uh, kennedy is polling polling two to one from democrats or more Trump's Trump's base is solid at, at like forty to forty four percent. Yeah. So any voter that's going to come out of that's not ditching Trump, unless it's like a swing voter, as it was. Yeah. But it's typically uh, three to one or two to one Democrat. And I it, think it's mixed. I and, just and just 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 track the polling. I, My, I have. My, yeah, I, We can pull it up I right think now. it's Slightly more of
1: a Democratic lean in terms of who who it draws from, but different polls show different things. And once polarization kicks in when the election approaches, meaning people who are more um, reticent about supporting one of the two major party candidates end up, quote unquote, coming home because they don't want to th- so-called throw away their vote, then you're going to see probably the third party support diminish across the board, not just RFK, but the other candidates. At least that's been the historical trend.
0: That, and that makes a lot of sense. But I just don't I don't see a reality in which Trump supporters are like, well, I might
1: vote for RFK instead. No, I agree. Biden voters are like, I don't want to vote for Joe Biden. They don't really know what to do with RFK because the reason why he got so much attention within the past year or so was because he was at least ostensibly supposed to be running against Biden in the Democratic primary. So right. he saw a lot of conservative yep. media really giving him a lot of hype attention because they wanted to just stick it to Biden, right? Because there would be an in- inconvenience for for Biden who wanted to run uncontested. Now that he mm-hmm. went independent, it's less clear like whose partisan interest he necessarily serves. Yeah. I would love to see uh, RFK Jr. and trump reconcile their positions on you on israel though because i think actually rfk is probably more stridently pro-israel than even trump who boasted about being the pro most pro-israel no. president of all time
0: let's read more we got yes man he says skibity toilet for president skibity dom 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 yes yes Ooh. those videos uh. are just completely insane by the way but yeah, i, I love I I, I I love the increasing <laughs> unhingeness of what they are yeah, it reminds me of um Remember How To Basic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because like all the Gen Z people who are like, "Huh, oh, skee toilets like bro, you guys got to check out How To Basic. Do you know what that is? No. So it started on YouTube and it was like how to uh, put toilet paper on. Yeah. And then it's like a hand, just a single hand filming and it like takes the roll off and puts toilet paper on. That's it. Then it's like the next video is like how to, you know, like uh, 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 clear a toilet. And it's just, you know, putting the plunger in, plunge, plunge. How to open an umbrella. It's like very simple. Over time... They became increasingly more and more unhinged until it was like how to yes I know don't don't and it's a guy going ah! and he's smashing eggs and breaking windows and knocking it you got you got it's just like over
1: a long <laughs> yeah. period
0: of time it got crazier yeah. and crazier it was brilliant
4: yeah that it was, was like the era still
0: of YouTube yeah yeah I think it's I think this is still online yeah I know how to Max what's Microsoft. it called how to how, how to basic, basic.
1: It's like Max Mofo and those guys still make videos. I know that's for sure. But it was, it was hilarious so because you're like, wait, what? He's like yeah. smashing eggs. Yeah. <laughs> What's golden he doing, air, man? It's, it's like the turn down for what music video that just keeps getting oh. increasingly insane yeah. as it goes on. I don't know why that song. I, I remember that song because it was in the Super Bowl. It was yeah. It was All the right, world. let's go. Kale says, Tim crew with crypto doing so well in the past few days. What are y'all's
0: thoughts on if Elon would start using Doge as a form of payment on X? Um, let me let me let me check real quick what my <laughs> thoughts are. My thoughts are, um, Elon, please do it. I have 9,000 Doge. How much is that? <laughs> it was a lot more before.
5: Yeah, it is
0: like $728 coin. worth of Doge. And I don't know why I have it. It's just, I do. I bought it a long time ago and I, I just didn't care. I bought it, it. was It was worth absolutely nothing. It, like it became worth a whole lot.
4: 100,000th of a cent at yeah. some point. Yeah, I was I, like, I've, what a trash I've, coin. I
0: bought it. when It was worth nothing. And then it jumped up to what did
4: it? What did it get it's to? Eight cents right remember. now. Oh, what? Was it, it because? Tight? Didn't
1: Elon tweet to buy it at one point? Yeah, or something?
4: like it was yeah. kind of like a, a, a culture jam. It's like, like a meme thing,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. There's coin. nothing
4: behind it. It's not a good token. <laughs> no. Like it doesn't. I don't think it really has any value other than just that it's. Fine. What was it at? Fifty cents. I mean, I could be wrong. If there's Doge experts out there that want to clarify, uh, oh, it was yeah, up 57. To 68 cents, sixty-eight on May seventh of twenty-one.
0: I bought it a long time ago. And I don't think I bought it at Speak. I think I bought it slightly after it and it jumped from, up and I just ignored it completely. It went from two thousandths
4: of a cent to 68 cents. I mean, what is that? A 10? I can't. Uh, didn't Elon
1: X. Musk make the Twitter logo briefly, the Doge Did icon? He? Or anybody remember I don't that? I not I can't Am say Am I misremembering that? I think he happened. I
0: will not give anybody financial advice, but uh, I was I, I was in Bitcoin when Bitcoin was 70 cents. And I like to tell the story about how I almost bought uh, uh, 6,733 Bitcoin, but my friend convinced me not to do it. At the time it was 70 cents, it was like five, five some thousand dollars worth of uh, uh, Bitcoin I was gonna buy. Back then in order to buy it, it was extremely difficult. You had to basically meet someone in person and have them watch them do the transfer. Mining was substantially easier. And uh, when Bitcoin reached around five bucks, I got excited and sold and I had like a couple hundred bucks and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. There's no reality in which I would have bought thousands of Bitcoin and then not sold at 20 bucks. It would have been insane. I would have been like, I got 50 grand. This is crazy. What do I do? And if I had it now, I'd be like a billionaire or whatever. But uh, I will say this with no advice to anybody. I am happy despite the fact it hit a hundred dollars and everyone said you missed the train. I was like, wow, a hundred bucks. If only I'd actually bought it. Now I tell my friends, I almost bought thousands, 6,000. Imagine where I'd be at uh, $600,000 if I had if I had bought it and waited. Then when it got to 10K, I was like, oh my God. How much money would I have had? It's almost at 50. So when Bitcoin hit 13, I was like, you know, every time Bitcoin jumps, I say the same thing, oh my God, if only. So I just bought a bunch. Now it's, now it's at 50,000 and I'm like, wow. I think Zuby tweeted
4: out, that he expects it to be at 1 million, but yes. that that 1 million will be worth what's worth 300,000 today He's because right. of inflation. So I so it was kind of funny. Uh,
0: one Bitcoin has eight decimal points behind it. It is effectively going uh, going to be a million dollars. I predicted this and I'm not the smartest guy on Bitcoin. Max Kaiser has predicted, I think, more than that. Max has been predicting somewhere around 200K relatively soon. Something called the, uh, was it, the halvening? Happens every yeah, couple of years. April, it'll happen it's happening in, in April. April, which means the cost to produce a Bitcoin is going to, I believe, double. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That means that the people who are utilizing this will have to spend twice as much money, which means when a product costs more, has to be sold for more, the miners will then hold on to it. Then this will cause a strain on the market. People who are trying to buy or trade with it, El Salvador as a nation needs to do this, which means there is a weight to the, to the value of Bitcoin. It will it will have to go up. Now, I'm not recommend, recommending anybody do anything because I have no idea what I'm talking about. All I can say is I bought a bunch of Bitcoin when it was at 1300 bucks because I was sick and tired of being like, I missed the train. I missed the train. I missed the train. How could I have been at Bitcoin when it was 70 cents and I didn't buy it? And now here I am looking at Bitcoin at $1,000 thinking the exact same thing. It's too expensive. When it was 70 cents, I said, who cares? It's worthless. When it's $1,000, I'm like, it's too expensive. And I said, no, I'm buying it. And I bought it. I'm very happy.
4: And I think the one thing people got to know about crypto is you don't have to buy one Bitcoin. You buy a percentage of a product that may or may not go up. So if you buy $2 worth of it and it goes up by 100%, then you make $2. So it's just really about the percentage of growth that you're investing in.
0: I'm looking at El Salvador as a nation using Bitcoin as a national currency. Uh, rumors, Argentina may do this under Millay There will be an expansion of this. It's, it's almost like if the whole world decided Bitcoin was worthless, El Salvador as a nation would still be using it and it would still have value in El Salvador. So there's a weight tied to the value of
1: Bitcoin now forever, basically. Does El Salvador, does it still tie its currency or peg its currency to the US dollar? Because Millay, I know. Okay, well, Millay, I know, made one of his campaign pledges to remain within the orbit or the ambit of the American US dollar. dollar the U.S. Mm. dollar, as like an ideological principle.
0: I think... Uh, you know, what happens is every time Bitcoin does a big spike, it has a drop off a point when miners and other interested parties are like, OK, the price is up. We're going to sell and, and pull our profits. And then it drops down again. I remember when it hit 19,000 and and people were mortgaging their homes to yeah. buy a bunch yep. and then it dropped down to 10 and they're like, my life is ruined. And if they just didn't sell, they'd be super rich. Unless they
4: took out a loan on margin to buy it. That's the problem. People are taking out these loans on margins. So they'll. <clears throat> they'll borrow money and then they'll use that money to buy the bitcoin and then if the value of the bitcoin drops to a certain level they they're going to call a recall on the loan and they're like now we're going to use your own crypto that's worth half yeah. as much to pay off the loan so you lose double your money very that's what happened during the great depression a lot of people had been buying stock on margin they've been taking out loans to buy stock and when the stock market crashed they had, had to pay all those back and they, Bro, they lost everything
0: go to what what is it uh like uh what's the subreddit for stock market gambling stock market bets or whatever it's called i don't know oh wall street bets wall street bets and you yeah. see people who are like well i lost two hundred thousand dollars of money i don't have yo those fools are crazy. but my favorite is when they're <laughs> like i will not pay this back and there's nothing they can do about it
1: maybe malay went to the wailing wall in jerusalem a few days ago did you we, see that where he's like yeah. tearfully up against the wall to yeah. like pray for crypto too. Sure. Sure. Oh, let's uh
0: let's read some super chats vincent baker says big l's for vosh and hassan this week yep why Oh, do you want to get into it? You oh, tell well, him, Serge. let's let's save that. Uh, let <laughs> uh, on the after show. Yeah, yeah we, the, the yeah. Vosh thing's got to be saved for the yeah. after yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, isn't Vosh's
1: entire life an L? <laughs> I mean, I
0: like that guy. he's he's a millionaire, isn't he? So
1: maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe maybe <laughs> I should take <say> the L. <laughs> maybe, yeah. everywhere,
0: I lose, everywhere I look, I see I just losers. Know my, maybe i I my, my a two big
1: it. streams with him were not very pleasant. If
0: Vosh is not a millionaire, I would be surprised, considering his following. Uh he should be. He does have a passionate following. I enjoyed talking to him. That's what I said. I don't know him very well. I've been him a couple times. All right. Martin Edgar says, I I may have to disagree on when the tit for tat started. I believe it started with the impeachment of Clinton. I also see this as the beginning of the advancement of the, what is it? DFI? I don't know what that is.
1: Yep. That's a good point. I was actually thinking of bringing it up that you could argue that the tit for tat in terms of employing increasingly extreme or dramatic legislative tactics. Arguably did originate with the Bill Clinton impeachment, which was ultimately over a relatively trivial, trivial offense. I mean, you could argue that he actually did commit a high crime or misdemeanor per the standard that was in use at the time. But, you know, underlying the offense was basically having an extramarital affair with a White House intern, whereas now you have people always threatening each other with impeachment over treason or you know, selling out the country to Russia or all, all these other kind of crazy, much more grandiose accusations. It was much more ticky tack stuff under Clinton, but it did accelerate the process whereby Congress became more comfortable using these ex- more extreme measures. All right.
0: Void Raptor says when the new studio is up, will we finally get Tim cast in the kitchen cooking show? So the studio is done completely. It needs decoration and we're gonna be putting up that uh, civil war flag uh that uh, was donated to us really excited for that gonna oh, yeah. get it framed and, and that and looks probably... so cool yeah, yeah we'll get a glass frame for too. it we've got to uh move a lot of the art we got to put up the guitars the room is much bigger i think it's three times yeah. uh, uh as wide significantly literally. yeah so it's a lot a, a lot bigger and uh we got to test things out what what you know it is what it is but We'll have to do like testing cameras and and depth of field and how things are gonna look and but it seems it's, it's pretty cool uh kitchens there uh Everything's done, but the skate park construction is starting on Thursday, which means it's going to be very noisy for the next two to three weeks, so we could literally go there right now and do the show. And but, dusty, probably.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot sawdust of wood, dust sawdust, yeah. it's going to be
0: a big cleaning. So we're looking at three weeks. Uh, we were actually, we didn't know when the skate park construction was going to begin, so we were actually planning on going. And then we would be like, as soon as the construction starts, we'll have to figure out what to do about the noise. But then we got the call that they're like, we're going to start the construction this week. And we're like, okay, I guess we're going to wait.
4: Yeah. Just let them work overnight. Are they, are they going to work yeah. overnight? Will but we work? need uh, we need decorations
0: seven? in the kitchen. So we actually, in the meantime, while they're doing skate park construction, we should have, uh, there's, a, there's an additional studio underneath the new IRL studio, mm-hmm. which is going to be like a lounge style, sofa style podcast room. So we need that to be designed and set up, posters, art, things like that. And that has to get done ASAP. So we need someone to do it. But in the meantime,
5: yeah, we are really we're good. ready to go. I'm excited about it.
0: And uh, we uh, may do a cooking show. I don't know. Maybe we'll just fill me in making lentils. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Sounds it's delicious. like every week a different lentil recipe, but it's basically the same thing. It's red lentils. <laughs> red lentils, man. Let's grab some more super chats. James Lamb says, my cousin's house just burnt down. Her husband is sick and not currently working. Any help will be greatly appreciated. Give, send, go, crystal day. Good luck, sir. Sorry to hear. Uh, I hope everything uh, works out well. Yeah, best of luck. The Sig P says, no need to halt the funding, make Ukraine pay back all the money, or we let Russia take all of Ukraine. You guys heard what Trump said, right? That some uh, you know, NATO president said, if we don't pay, will you defend us? And he says, no. In fact, I'll encourage Russia to do it
3: however the they want. Everyone freaked out. That was the most absurd (laughs) freak
1: out. It's so tedious at this point. People forget in 2016, in the 2016 campaign, there was an identical freak out that lasted months. I mean, it really flared up in the summer of 2016 and just continued in perpetuity beyond that, where it was just assumed that Trump was going to sell out the NATO alliance to Russia, that he was going to abandon Ukraine, that he didn't actually believe in the integrity of the NATO collective defense pact. Trump didn't do a single thing over four years to undermine NATO at all. In fact, he brags that he used negotiating tactics to extract additional funding commitments from NATO member states. So Trump is brilliant for NATO. I mean, they should love him, but people are wrapped up in this completely fact-free hysteria that's divorced from what Trump actually did in office. This just drives me crazy about this current Trump campaign. People who both hate Trump and love Trump are dealing with like a fantasy version of Trump. It's not 2016 where we all have to speculate about what he would do if he's in power. He was in power for four years. He actually armed Ukraine. He he, He strengthened NATO. He brags about it. So the idea that you have like David Frum and these think tank people flipping out because Trump made some offhand remark recounting an anecdote, it just doesn't line up with what he actually did when he wielded the power. Trump is an American hegemonist, and NATO is a vehicle of of preserving and expanding American hegemony. Trump doesn't have the liberal pretensions of some of these European, you know, uh, 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 technocrats and stuff. But Trump is for maintaining American supremacy, and NATO is a means by which to do that. So the idea that he's going to abandon NATO is ridiculous. Sorry about my rant.
0: Let's read more. Rock Brass says, here in Brazil, to house someone in exchange for work is slavery by law. Wow. Mm. That's crazy. Interesting. Dreamcast Night says Massachusetts will probably make housing migrants mandatory. After all, no Second Amendment. Then three followed really fast, I guess. Is really getting out of hand, didn't it? It's funny. Yeah, no Third Amendment, right? The government's going to be like, we're going to use your homes to quarter non citizens, but they're not soldiers. <laughs> right. Although I was thinking
3: about that like That does violate the third it it does. It's yeah. so
0: uh it's
3: still quartering. Somehow. I believe
0: I believe the Supreme Court ruling on the third amendment because we talked about this a long time ago was that the general concept of the third amendment is not quartering soldiers. It's the government using the private homes of of citizens for its for its, you know, whims. Yeah, I think
1: there's only been one ruling on the third amendment and it might have been the one you're talking about it was like a long time ago. I'm yeah, sure.
0: they were like the, fa- an- <laughs> the founders intended to prevent the government from using someone's private home for government about their private business same thing like their (laughs) hotel i'd assume
1: yeah people do
3: that in california i mean they they basically like tell you you have to fork over your hotel
1: it's a pretty obscure area of american jurisprudence it'd actually be interesting to see a more full-fledged decision on it all right noah r says i'm a
0: 25 year old male in the northeast i can barely afford an apartment and my bills but sure, Michael, let's keep
1: bringing these people into the country. I didn't say now. let's keep bringing them in. I mean, that's what people misunderstand, I guess. Like I, I no, specifically but my, said that I'm not in, ideologically in favor of immigration. But my point is the praising of people
0: as industrious or good people. Well,
1: they could be industrious. Doesn't mean you have to, you're obliged to therefore bring them in, but they still could be an industrious person.
0: Right. The argument that, you know, my, 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 my argument was basically like, let's stop providing resources to people. They're creating a net detriment that will weaken and dissolve this country. And you argued against that. And cool. I said, I, I, I argued that against did, that
1: in the sense that I don't know that that necessarily could be fairly ascribed to most individual migrants. Like that, that, they, that they're seeking to dissolve the country. I mean, I don't really see much evidence. I didn't
0: that. say seeking to dissolve the country. What would you say? That they they will dissolve the country through okay. their their their. So I grew up. I in don't United.
1: think their presence. I don't think there's much evidence to believe would result in the dissolution of the country.
0: But it, there is copious. It's a matter of how evidence. many like, come in. Like, let's over just start with step one remittance. Taking U.S. dollars out of the country damages an economy. This is why I talked about- That's been happening
1: for ages. That's why they were limiting. So when you bring more people
0: in and you increase the amount of the U.S. dollars being extracted from the country, the further you will damage the economy. That's just basic math. That's why I brought up Ithaca hours and other jurisdictions that created local currencies to prevent the right. dissolution of their local economies when the U.S. dollar was no longer being was, was no longer coming into the region.
1: I so- don't know. There were times in the past where the percentage of the U.S. population that was foreign-born was higher substantially than now. And so... I don't think that resulted in the country being dissolved. Yeah, but they're so illegal, I think it's a bit just an overstatement. They're illegal. They don't pay taxes.
0: We pay taxes for them. It drains all of our yeah, money. I think, it's it's I very think, simple.
1: I think you're talking about dr- dr-
0: drastically different circumstances. Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking about the our, our government spending hundreds of billions at a time of like coming off mass inflation, mass government spending, the, the transformation of savings accounts into checking accounts, causing a huge spike in the money supply, which freaks everybody out. The cost of goods are going up. I mean, they're they're like triple where they were a few years ago. Young people yeah. can't survive, and we're like, let's bring in millions of non citizens yeah. and give them taxpayer resources. I mean, but what do you mean? But schools... what do you mean by?
1: But what do you mean by dissolution of the country? Just like a, like a lack of social or cultural cohesion, or are you talking about the actual American government apparatus being dissolved? I mean, and like becoming I think, a failed state.
0: I think when you have Marjorie Taylor Greene call for a nat, you have members of Congress say it's time for a national divorce. Yeah, she gets it. We're getting dangerously close to these uh, to these lines. When you have uh, California getting some estimates as high as five to seven extra electoral college votes and uh, seats in Congress, like you're getting to the point where. There is shattered confidence in what the United States is and does like. When was the last time it's an honest question? When was the last time a National Guard defied federal agents and barred them in defiance of federal jurisdiction?
1: I don't know. Interesting to look up.
0: But we've got to go to 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 the members only show. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com. If you'd like to hear more, you can join the Discord server. If you've been a member for at least six months at the $10 level, or you sign up today at the $25 level, you can submit questions to call in to talk to us and our guest and uh, join the show. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Michael, do you want to shout anything out?
1: Uh, Yeah mtracy.net i relaunched my uh, personal uh publication substack thingy last week so there's a couple new posts up if people are interested mtracy with an e net and then mtracy on uh, twitter slash x right on
3: i'm libby emmons you can find me on twitter at libby emmons and you can check out the work we're doing at the postmillennial.com and humanevents.com
4: yeah check me out at ian crossland and uh really that's all over the internet dude and if you want to see tim yeah, you know, sweaty and in a beanie, uh, 12 days, 12 months, of a year in a calendar. Put one in the chat. I'll see you guys later.
5: <laughs> oh, man, I love your ideas, Ian. That's good stuff. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm Surge.com. Uh, I'm looking forward to the after show. It should be spicy. Let's get to it, Tim. We will see you all over at TimCast.com in
2: about one minute. Thanks for hanging out.